here we are. Episode six of the NBM podcast. Already six. Yeah, six of them already. Jeepers creepers. Isn't that awesome? And then episode seven is going to come next week because of racing schedules and the way everything worked out after the new year. So we'll be recording another one next Monday. So we'll have a, a twofer. We'll see how that goes. It's a twofer one. Yeah. Uh, tonight on the podcast, we're going to have Jason Snyder from RC Short Course World on YouTube. If you haven't checked him out, you should. He is has a ton of videos uh, with lots of useful information, helpful. great reviews, and, and, and he's honest. Yeah. You know, he ain't uh, he ain't worried if he offends somebody. They'll get over it. So it's uh, definitely check him out. We're going to have him on in a little bit. Of course, uh, how was Christmas and New Year's, guys? Christmas? Took my 10-month-old child to two and a half hours to open all her presents. <laughs> it was brutal. Did she look at them like, what am I supposed to do with these things? Uh, yeah, once one of them came out of the box... Uh, it was basically that was it. <laughs> Everybody had to start opening presents for her. <laughs> uh, That's always fun. the way it is, though. Always the way it is. Good times. The paper was more important. Looks like Jim got a new shirt that says RC Freak. It's got a boat, boat a and controller a, and a car. car plane from, from like the 80s. That's okay. Hot pink background. <laughs> I like it. That's what it's, Jim's all about. It suits I'm, him. I'm wearing one of mine. Well, two of mine. Nice Protec sweater my wife got me. I love it. I, th- I think I got McDonald's food on it already. <laughs> Did you get some uh, ketchup? No, it's just pop. Maybe it's just pop, pop, sweat, soda. And of course, Happy New Year to everybody that's listening. Yes, Happy New Year. We're in 2015 now. Had a good holiday. Yeah. Mine was short. Didn't really have any holidays. Well, same for me. Yeah, you worked right through. Jim, did well, you have holidays too, or you pretty much worked all I, the way I through? I had three, eh? three days off in a row, which was nice. Yeah, I, were, I got Christmas Day, Boxing Day off, but I had to work on the Saturday, which yeah. was new for me. Actually, I, I did the best I've of all I've never of us done that. Because I had all four off in a row. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, guess what? I got one better. Oh, Mike, do you want to tell everybody what my new nickname is? No, I would, no it's, you're, let's not even go there. Okay, we'll get into that later, I, maybe. No, I don't even want to hear it. What, you don't want me to tell you that I'm going to Vegas in oh, April? You're such a boaster. <laughs> well, apparently, I'm, I'm going back there next next year. Are you? For 2016? Yeah. Are you going to go when the worlds are there? No. It's <laughs> not. You think his <laughs> wife would allow that to happen? Uh, she ain't stupid. He, he doesn't have to say anything about the man. Let's go on this time. No, we, we, we don't get to pick like that. <laughs> she, she knows stupido. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's the 10-year wedding anniversary gift for me and my wife. So I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, yes, I'm bringing my two-wheel drive buggy. And, yes, I'm going to go set to 702 Raceway. I'm bringing every single battery I own because every battery fits in my two-wheel drive buggy. I plan on spending some time there. What about that, o- that outdoor one? Uh, well, you, know, you know what? Never mind that because it's outdoor. It's Vegas. It's bloody hot. I'm still going to want to go check it out because that's where the 2016 Ifmar Worlds are going to be. It's far, though, eh? It's a good no, no, it's not. It's like a half, half a mile or a quarter mile from the Strip. From where, you, from where you're staying? Well, we're staying in the Mirage. The Mirage. Yeah. Mirage. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we might as well get into the uh, race results. <laughs> race results. Jim, we gave you a copy. Jim, from I the, emailed you the copy. No, this is the... the did the, I give you the wrong thing? Yeah, this is the heats. I, I, I How did that them. happen? Oh, you guys are No, heat. that's not the heat. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, it is the heats. It's the heats. Where'd those three sheets go I gave you? I printed out three copies of them. It's okay. I think I lost everything anyway. I then printed out three of the wrong copies. And then apparently you re-handed me the uh, wrong copies that I no, told I you. No, I threw them in the garbage when you told me they were the wrong copies and then printed out the right ones. How did I end up? Oh, whatever. Anyways, whatever. Here, man. Uh, Jim, I got them on my laptop. Garbage. Okay. 
garbage in, garbage out. Here, hold on. Let me uh, <laughs> zoom in here so you can see. Well, he's doing that. I might as well get into it. We'll get into the two-wheel drive buggy B-Main. These are the race results from the CRC Car Club uh, race. Uh, two-wheel drive buggy B-Main. Uh, see, see that guy's first name? He's back. Who, Franchella? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know more about John, I guess. Oh, he's quick. his history. You just got to give him time. John, uh, Franchella, Mike Palumbo, Jim, our boy in third. Jimbo. Uh, Jambo. Uh, behind Palumbo. Palumbo. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay over there. Relax. <laughs> uh, so that was one, two, three for that. Two-wheel drive buggy A-Main was Maverick Joel and uh, Jason. I was in the A-Main and so was Mike. Uh, Mike ended up finishing sixth. I finished last because I broke a servo arm. First time ever. Man. 28 laps. I, eh? I had lots of problems with that, that two-wheel drive buggy. It haunted me that entire race. So All qualifiers, everything. Jason Conrad's doing 20 27. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, his buggy is hooked up, man. He was moving. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they just Way to go, those, Jason. Those guys, like, it felt impossible. And I was running, like, I felt I was running uh, the best I've ever ran. So, like, oh, it was frustrating, man, getting beat. Like, And, like, if you look at the lap times and the differences, like, it's not, like, <laughs> like on this, the averages show it. But, like, you know what I mean? You're talking 11 and a half seconds. To l- your lap, like, because you came in eighth, Matt, but it it, it doesn't matter because the average is to, th- you know, 13. 13.3. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that's only two seconds on the average. Now, yeah, that's how you end up so many laps behind. It's it's getting to the point where I'm going to have to bring my buggy to Jason Conrad, who's, what, 15? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd say, dude, can, can you tune this for me? Thing. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, that's, I'm to that point now. I'm Like I said, I've been, I've been, well, I was telling you guys before we started doing the podcast deal here that. I'm looking at some of Ryan Cavalieri's high grip setups to try and take a few tips maybe from them to to apply them. Like they can't be used the exact same because we're running on smooth carpet, no bumps well, and think, stuff I, like that. I, but I think the tires is the only thing that you really got to consider. Wow. My my tires on my two-wheel drive buggy are shot. And Joel showed that to me. He goes, look, you got nothing, you got nothing here. And it showed. Yeah, but I got tons of tire left and I've got – Nothing, and I sauce tire sauce the it's crap the out of squir- them. It's that squirreliness. Now, yeah. I haven't changed a single <laughs> thing on my buggy except for turnbuckles. Yeah, same as me. But my, if and anything, mine's lined up better now than it was before. No, I no, did it. and and I mean the difference from our track to Casey's was a total different feel of that truck, and we're it's carpet. It's the temperature. Temperature, temperature the, is I, the only. I thing. I think the temperature being as cold as it is in the gym that it we use. Win- it was winter, man. You could like throw water in the air and snow came down. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but close <laughs> enough. No, like it hey, was I, cold. I did leave an energy drink on the floor beside the wall for the night, and guess what? It was still chilly the next day. So <laughs> it, had, it had frozen chunks in it. What are you talking so, about? <laughs> My so fingers were blue. So then, what do you do in that case? Did you? What's what's, what's well, the recipe then? I don't know. More sauce me, me, or heat up the tires? Well, me and Matt were talking. About, you didn't look it up, did you? What? About the tires changing compounds. Oh, no, I didn't. Funny now, enough. Matt said he couldn't remember. He read it and read it. <laughs> go from clay he, to super soft? Well, th- and that he said go up a compound, like to another harder one. But I said, well, no, you'd want to probably go softer because rubber gets harder as it gets colder. Yes. So if you went to a softer compound, it would probably stay... He's looking it up right now. It's on uh, the AKA site. They got like a chart with recommended temperatures. 
the the thing is, there it is right there. Yeah, with the super soft tires, they they they. Yeah, so the okay, cold so yeah, the colder. So we'd want like a super soft as opposed to the and soft. What are the temperatures that they're saying that that's in what? Okay, so super soft, they're saying uh, zero Celsius. Basically, from zero Celsius, that's thirty-two degree Fahrenheit, all the way up to looks like probably sixty-five degrees Celsius. Uh, no, I'm gonna say that's Fahrenheit because it says thirty-two up here, and then it goes forty, fifty, so. Probably Fahrenheit. So what was it? 60 Fahrenheit? Yeah. Well, no, 65 because it's between 60 and 70. It was not 65. It was colder than and 65. Then, and then and they're saying yeah. soft, which is what most of us run. Soft is between, uh, I'd say, around 55 all the way up to 100. If it was 60 degrees in that gym. <laughs> A lot of guys had their coats on. Well, yes, I mean, like it, it had to have been between 50. In, I'd say close to 55 in between there and 60. It was Man. cold. And there's only the one heater where I would marshal in the far corner. That was yeah, and even by the end of the day, it was taking a caca. Yeah. I had my gloves on. I was wearing <laughs> so was I. my gloves. I was wearing my gloves. Dude, <laughs> if I could have ran my radio with my gloves on, I probably would have. Holding the microphone to call the races because it's a steel-bodied mic. That times are tough, man. My hand was frozen. I was like, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have fire in barrels You know what's funny? Soon. The other smaller gym beside us. Was hot as could be. It had, had heat. Well, Marty said that the heat exchange it was broken or whatever. For the big gym. So, anyways, whatever. regardless. Can't change I, it. If tires can make that big of a difference. Try it, maybe. Well, back to the race results. So, anyways, yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah. We kind of went on a tangent. Oh, and, uh, we, we, we tend to do this. Will, Will too. Uh, good good driving, Will. With, Will, uh, I am. Your, with your old buggy. But Will was imp- pretty impressive out there. Will has been getting uh, Yeah, a Will, lot Will's of put some wrench time in it, and, and yeah. I know he changed springs and stuff like that, which obviously dialed it in a little more than I had it. Um, like, I had it where I felt very comfortable driving it, which might be different than he might have changed a lot on it for all I know. But, you know, well, you, you see me, Jim. I rebuilt the diff in it and everything yeah. before we started this year, and I only had one race on it, I think two maybe races on it. Before I, I sold well, it to... Well, he, ha- he has access to tracks, though, that are open all the time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's going to be... That Northern RC and Barry or something like that. The biggest difference. He's yeah. getting more track time. Anyways, uh, let's keep tearing through this here yeah. as fast yeah. as we can. On a side note, uh, next race, uh, Will's going to help me out with the track uh, setup. And we're going to have a sweet jump section. Can't say what it is. I, mean, I like the over-under. That was awesome. Yeah. I just think we need to put it in a place that's not quite so difficult. I, I don't think we were ready for it. There was lots of broken parts and people and unhappiness and i i, I think if it was in a, a did a lot of broken parts come from that spot in particular i i think hitting the wall <clears throat> hitting the wall and and it was so it like you know how i was saying we, it should be easier to oh you yeah if you and i you i said that it, when everybody was building it, it was like man if you case that it's like hitting yeah. a slanted yeah. wall. And, and i know <laughs> you don't want people rolling it like a roller yeah. one into the other because you got traffic crossing You had it. some novices. The novices yeah. were But doing I'll tell you what. There was <laughs> a figure eight racing. <laughs> we both, all three of us got caught with just not enough speed and you'd hit it. Yeah. And it bounced and, you. And it would, well, it cartwheeled you. Yeah. Because you had so much speed, you'd hit it and the back end would come up. You know, and I think if there was a little more of a slant, you would have, you know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, so into the novices. Novice A main. Uh, we had Gord, Hunt, Gary Creighton, and Ben Lance. Uh, also Noah Lance, Aiden Robinson, Owen Duncan, Oliver Fabro, Landon Hunt, and Yanni. Not even going to try and say his last name. Way to go, Gord. Two-wheel yeah. drive mod short course. B-Main. B-Main, Julian Devos, Mike Nacarado, and Ricardo, one, two, and three. 
two-wheel drive mod truck or a main we had joel maverick and jim jimbo <coughs> and uh yeah 29 26 26 so joel ran away with that one for sure joel. uh four-wheel drive short course a main myself ivan and tom belcito me and ivan were on the I same <coughs> lap i broke <coughs> yeah you broke that's okay I think you might have exploded a, a, a gear in the rear, <laughs> just like uh, I did. It's all good. Before. Stadium truck, B-Main, Jason Condrat, Reno Caputo, Ricardo DiDamaso, Stadium truck, A-Main, Maverick, Marty, and Masassi. It was awesome to see Plastino out. Yeah. Yeah. Had a, well, yeah, he was doing pretty good there, and then he kind of, as the day went on, I think everyone's hands were frozen. <laughs> Two-wheel stock short course B-Main went to Joey, Brian, and Julian. One, two, and three. Yeah, Joey with a win on that one in the B-Main. That's nice. Yeah, that's yeah, good job. That's, I think they were pretty excited about that. I saw and, a post and, on. and he beat his dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing better, eh? <laughs> Two-wheel drive stock short course A-Main went to Maverick, Marty, and Masassi. Four-wheel drive buggy A-Main. Man, that class. Ugh. Just so fast those oh, buggies, eh? like, like angry horns. Oh, dude, oh. seriously, you didn't you didn't beat me. I really finished third, and I didn't actually finish. Come on. What do you mean you didn't finish? Well, yeah. my my ball cup popped off on the front, and Masassi fixed it, but he didn't put the drive shaft back in. So I did another lap, and everybody could hear the drive shaft rattling around. I'm like, oh, something's broke. Crap. You know, this does not make any sense. Because <clears throat> look at your race time, and look at mine. I don't know. Because I, I didn't finish, but see, I, I was a couple of laps ahead of you. I, you know what? I was just having the world's roughest time on that one. I got two laps ahead of, ahead of you. Look at my times. Yeah. Oh, I was Oh, wow. I had a 14-second lap. That's nice. You know, anyways, yeah, and look at my fastest lap was 15.4. I just, I, I don't know what it was. I was having a hard time. Well, you switched your motor for something that was better true, suited so true. you're trying to have to re you're going to kind of have to relearn the power band for it yeah now. yeah and i like but what's uh, funny is is you remember i was telling you because you were worried about what to get six and a half seven and a half you ultimately went with a seven and a half yep did you not notice on that straightaway the difference between mine and yours when we were beside each other yeah but you're running timing are you not nope nothing what are you running for gearing um 81 I can't remember. I think eighty-one twenty something. I think you had more. You have. I. I don't remember what I put on it for opinion. Maybe more gearing I have. I don't I know. I think yeah. I love that car. I love driving. I'm not kidding you. If I had to give up all of my RCs but one, my four four three would be the one I'd keep <laughs> for racing. Super stock, short course, B main. Brian Johnson, Ricardo DiDamaso, and Tom Belcito one two and three in the B main. Super stock short course. A main, Joey Devos, again with another first. Yeah, look at that, eh? Yep. Plastino came in second and Masassi in third. One uh, thing about Joey there, when I was off uh, offshore there, he said, yeah, but Jim wasn't in it. It doesn't matter if I was in it. Look look who, who he beat. He beat Plastino. Yeah, he beat and Masassi. All those good guys in there. Yeah. Way, way to go, Joe. Yeah, even all of them, the whole, all the whole group. Casey, good. Yeah, he did really good. Everybody, why, you know what it is? Why can't our race days go as fast as doing the results did? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, the other option, too, is, is we might have to talk with our good friend from uh, RC Scoring Pro and see if we can get him to maybe unlock, like, 
Because I know the next step is, what, 20 people in one race? <clears throat> that's okay. insanity, that's... though. No, no, but that, no, no, but I'm just saying that's the next, that's in the pro version, that's, right? That's, yeah. That's so what was if we could hit 12? That's too many people still. That's, that's a lot of uh, wreckage in my eyes. You know what, for... There's 11 I people think maybe go maybe for the buggy guys, like the two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive buggy guys, because a lot of those guys tend to have a little bit more car control, and they're not as big as the short course trucks. You might get away with that, but even our, like we run a large track for an indoor carpet track, but I don't think it's big enough. Like 10's pushing it, especially yeah. when you get into the short course trucks. It's yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Speaking of track, I want to be the uh, designated uh, track uh, designer. <laughs> I'm going to sweet talk Marty into that. <laughs> oh, you're two for two. Yeah. He he doesn't want to let, let go of control, though. I, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. He looks at <laughs> it. He looks at me. I'm like, come on. Come on. <laughs> Just keep showing up yeah. with good track designs. That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's it was kind of funny. Once the carpet was all laid down and everything like that, like Jim made his entrances. And I said to him, perfect timing. We need the track set up because everything's – and it was just funny. Me and you are still setting up all the computers, the, the you know, the speakers and all this stuff. And there's just about 12 guys <laughs> all yeah. fixated yeah. on the blackboard. The, 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 well, yeah. the, the original design was a was a chicane style, like S-turns. Right. And then, oh, we want this. We want that. Okay. Well, let's do this. And then we'll incorporate that. Just easy over-under. Then the triangle was made. It wasn't right. I'll say it. People are getting hurt on that. I, you know what? Like I was saying to you, I but think how maybe. How would you build it? Well, uh, the what I was thinking. What are you talking about? The triangle to the right of the, the where the over under was. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know how sometimes if you jumped it wrong, you landed inside of it? I did that. Well, oh, if yeah. you if you took out that back portion and just left it so you still couldn't just drive. You know what I mean? So if you came so off it, you, you didn't hit the pipe, you would hit the wall. The well, old, the only if way you kept going. Is if it was wrapped in carpet so you didn't go in the like the donut of it? Yeah. That's the only way it was wrapped in carpet. Well, and then but somebody had the idea to put the rolls of carpet at the end, which I think that was a good idea, but a bad idea at the same time because there oh was yeah, a couple I times get into I got tied up in them. Yeah. yeah. Where if it was just the wall, I would have kind of grazed the wall. Well, not even that. Like, there was a few times where it was like I just caught the edge That's of what them. I mean. That's like, what I mean. Yeah. Well, I talked to the guy with the money, and uh, we're going to look into some, some tees for the track, mm-hmm. also some uh, connectors, and maybe some half pipes for up the wall. Not saying we got to go up the wall and drive it. Just in case you go a little too far, you don't hit the wall. You roll up the and then roll back down. Well, that or let's just invest in some foam. You can buy it at the buck or two and put it against well, the wall. Like like every gym in grade school has the foam. The yeah, it's the mats. The mats that are stuck to the wall. Yeah. Well, we, we, unfortunately, we, we don't have a way of sticking them to the wall. But but still, if you hit that hard enough, you're gonna break something. Well, no, but if you go and buy, like, packing foam, you can get, like, the four-inch thick stuff. Well, you, but you're taking away from that. Remember how you were complaining about the mats being there on the floor, on the ground to stop us from smashing that's, in? That's there, yeah. The, you add that four inches of foam, well, now it's the four inches less of track you have to work with. No, behind Jim's the idea. tube. Behind the tube. I'm, I'm thinking just a oh. cheap, cheap plywood sheet, very thin. Yeah, that just kind of goes up the... You know, you've seen some of those tracks with, like, the yeah, wall. Yeah, I see get what you're wet, saying. Bend it oh. over something, put some weights, and then it's... It, you have four of them say so yeah just shape. like so uh, if you land and you're little too pipe. you kind of crawl up the wall i see what you're saying smoking the half pipe yeah i see what you're saying weezer yeah okay <laughs> anyway what are we talking about now that's a good tune actually believe it or yeah not. i don't know i can't I, i'm kind of i was i liked it like i said i enjoyed the track the track was good it was definitely challenging yeah the uh tabletop too uh, maverick had a good idea of shortening 
up the land or the 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 landing area to yeah. four feet, which helped get you ready for the corner. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a big straightaway so you could, you know, put on the power, throw at the anchor, well, come around the corner, gunner again. And what's your anchor again? Eighty <laughs> percent drag brake. Eighty percent drag brake. Right, right to the. I don't know how you but, drive. But that. even if you took a chunk out of the middle of the tabletop and just shrunk it. No, no, no. You want the. I, if anything, I want the tabletop longer. No. I want another like ten feet. You just coast. Wow. <laughs> so you jump it like Tyler Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Tyler would love it if that, it was that, that long. That would separate you the want, good from the bad. Right you want there. hang time? I want hang time. Because it was hard or to get can, enough speed. That the balance between enough speed. And not enough speed oh, yeah, where the that, tabletop was. And Joel was saying that to me. Joel Joel was watching me with the four by four buggy there for for one of the races where he was marshalling, I think, because they were split up uh, for qualifying. And uh, he's like, he's like, when you time it right, he's like, man, he's like, you're gone. He's like, but he's like, sometimes you land too soon. Sometimes you land just not far enough. Oh. But, but everybody was grumbling about the track. Like yeah. there is parts that people just did not like. But it was challenging for once. Challenging. Yeah. And. I mean, it, I'll tell you what, it gives you an appreciation for shocks, that's for sure. Well, yeah, especially, well, especially the the double. Because it come out of, like, such a high-speed corner area, yeah. if if you... Oh, the double was perfect. If you... if you, <clears throat> But it, it would do funny things to your buggy. It would turn because, it. Because, yeah, because you were it, low, it always, loaded up on that one shock. If it turned it wrong, it would always turn you <clears throat> the right way towards the... Yeah. Yes. Mine always did that. Yeah. It, it would turn well, this way. Well, so. when, when you came around it, you kind of chicaned it. Yeah. And if you came wide enough out, f- like, through the under part of the under over... Yeah. And you almost grazed the pipe. You could line your truck straight. Yeah, boom. To do the double, and you were okay. But like you said, if you came and you were still in the steering, and your and your truck was leaned into that corner, and then you hit the, yeah, <laughs> you, it was it was oh, it man. was doing. I saw barrel rolls. I saw <laughs> cartwheel over cartwheel. It was like, hear that, Marty? Holy. People love the track. People yeah. love it. It, it was, was uh, it was good. The only thing I, yeah, the the over under kind of was in a bad spot for. Parts you, you know what? If, but if it was. Uh, and then the carpet kept getting loose. Yeah. The and then I ro- wrapped the carpet around my car. Yeah. <laughs> That's what screwed me up in that 4 by 4 buggy like, race. It was like, remember? What happened? Like, what are you? <laughs> no, that wasn't one of the qualifiers that that yeah, happened. The qualifier. Oh, was it in the yeah, qualifier? No, yeah. And everybody's <laughs> like, whoa, 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 stop. So I kind of slowed down. And I'm going, what's going on? And all I see is Mike's car being pulled out of carpet. I'm like, what the heck is and, going and on And Marty's here? like, oh, just keep going. It's like, no, Marty. Like, look, <laughs> there's no carpet on that jump anymore, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand how that happened, though. It's like it caught the tape yeah, on the chassis, it, yeah. and then it just sucked it in. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. oh man, it was that was a good day. It was just, oh, man. So let's. Uh, what do you want to talk? We we have a list of what we don't want to do. Or we go, I think we're gonna. Well, get, uh, yeah, we got a list. We're gonna be obviously doing our interview with Jason here in the uh, very very soon. Um, so we're gonna take a quick break. We'll get Jason on the line. We'll do the interview with Jason. Get that all wrapped up. I've got a few things, of course, from paying attention this week. New products, stuff like that, that I want to talk about. We got to talk about our buddy Joel getting a big sponsor. Yeah, I didn't even know that. You guys just informed me while we were sitting here right before we started. So, of course, okay. we're going to talk about that. Uh, we'll have that announcement. I have a special surprise for Jim. Uh-oh. Jimbo, Jimbo. But uh, does it blow up? No, it doesn't blow up. But okay. I'm pretty sure uh, you can catch it on fire. Is it my favorite color, blonde? <laughs> <laughs> Red. Set of bolt-ons. Rust red. D-sized batteries. Rusty red. You like rusty red? The crinkly hair? I mean. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so we're going to take a break. We will be back. Okay, we're back from our break. On the phone with us is Jason Snyder. I hope I'm saying it right, Jason, from RC Short Course World on YouTube. If you haven't seen his videos, you, you are missing out on some awesome information. Yeah, Jim introduced me to your, your channel. As uh, I started it all. Like last year. Obsessions. And it was like, oh, look at all this information. And then, of course, obviously, as you post more videos, especially as of late, now being a subscriber and everything like that, I'm able to see when you post videos and, you know, watching you cut things out on your CNC machine, which I'm jealous of, and then hearing your 3D printer stuff, and it's like, <laughs> okay, I need to talk to this guy, and I need to find out how much money do I have to save to afford all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. A lot of the stuff's not as, it's not as expensive as as people think a lot of times, just depending on how much of the work you want to do yourself. But you don't you don't got to spend a ton of money to get that stuff. And, and a better question that I'm wondering too is like, how well versed are you with computers? Like, obviously, using like a a, a handheld like a the C, tabletop CNC machine like that. Like, how good are you? Like, did you have prior knowledge of how to use the program, or did you kind of just learn it as you were going with it? No, none whatsoever. <laughs> to be honest with you. You know, people ask me, I do get a lot of questions about those machines, the 3D printer and the uh, small CNC or whatever. And, you know, there's there's definitely a learning curve to both machines, but there's a much steeper learning curve to, like, the CNC machine. And I'll tell you what, I always knew that machinists were kind of, like, on their game and pretty skilled, you know, at what they did. But it's not until you have your own CNC machine that you really learn how skilled some of those guys really are. And uh, so, you know, just, no, I had no prior experience whatsoever. I am very lucky because my brother, you guess you call my brother-in-law, I call my brother, but my brother-in-law is like the foreman at a prototyping shop in Michigan. So a lot of times when I would kind of get in over my head or if I had little questions, just like little hiccups, you know, he works on multi-million dollar mills, so he right. doesn't know too much about the smaller stuff. Right. But like all of the terminology... And like getting my season speeds and stuff like that, like he would, he definitely, you know, when I would get, in, get into a bind, he was just a good, a good reference, a good source, you know, of help. But, uh, but no, I knew absolutely nothing. I just, I Googled a lot of it. And to be completely honest with you, I'm going to be putting some videos up on a different channel because I ended up buying the machine from China. And like the frame and the chassis is, it's as good as you can really get anywhere. But the electronics that come from China are just flat out crap. They, yeah, they're I just garbage, and, I've and seen so that, I yeah. literally have destroyed tons of material trying to make stuff, and then had the electronics just, you know, had a little hiccup here, a little hiccup there, so I just updated all the electronics. Yeah, yeah, I seen you, you were posting there, you were doing some uh, little micro-soldering, I like your little, your headgear setup you had, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to be patient for that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So obviously earlier today, uh, you know, you reached out to me to get some information there to, so you could post it on Facebook. So we had a whole flood of um, questions come in from there. So, uh, you know, Mike, if you want to maybe grab one off of that list that I sent you there and, and ask Jason. He's looking at the wrong picture. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, I no, knew it, no. I, and I knew it. That's why no, I did no, it. No. I was, I was, yeah, Jason, I know. Put down the Diana Dahlgren calendar, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was looking up some other stuff. I uh, got I got one here. Uh, your videos, I started watching. It's Jim, by the way. Uh, I started watching them, and I just want to butter, just butter you up here a bit. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. 
because you have this like no nonsense i don't care if i make a mistake attitude and it comes off on camera how should i say it comes off real well like i believe you even though you might not know the answer or it might not be right but i believe you and you're gonna try and find the right answer does that make sense yeah that makes sense yeah yeah you know, it's it's. I, first of all, I appreciate the kind of words. You know, I want you guys to know that. But, you know, I, I'm just a firm believer that if you try to, kind of BS people or pull the wool over their eyes. Yeah. Number one, even if you're really good at it, sooner or later they're going to figure it out. And, you know, best case, even if you're really good at it, they're going to figure it out. And, and ultimately, it's just. I just don't think that it's the way to go. You know, I just, I, I just don't. I just think that you're better off just being honest. And you know, maybe, maybe being transparent doesn't work in politics, but it seems, it seems to be working on YouTube. You know, and, and nobody knows everything. And I think that if you're just honest with people, I think if you're just honest and a little bit humble, and you just try to have some fun, and they respect that. I, I've had far less trolls and far less haters than people I've seen on other YouTube channels. But with that said, I still get the occasional super mean comment or, you know, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Okay. My next, my next question here is, uh, obviously you're into racing and you go to that racetrack there and you practice and practice, but what other hobbies do you have in the RC world? Like, do you have a quadcopter? Do you got a, a submarine? You know, do you have something off the wall that people wouldn't expect you to have? Or is it just racing? You know, I've actually wanted to build a submarine for a while because I have a pool in my backyard and I've really that <laughs> may very well be a project that I undertake it's, next summer. It's it's very I do it's have very a small, complicated. Like, what's that? I'm I'm working on a sub and it's it's very complicated. Just, yeah, just you know the, the balancing systems that. and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you know that Nico used to make a sub? Yes. Yeah. Jim's really into his subs. Yeah. It's, Jim's it's into scale hard. stuff. Period. Yeah. I have everything in scale. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got an LRP, a little LRP quadcopter that I fly around in the pits, and and uh, I run into my wife whenever I can annoy her with it around the house, hmm. stuff like that. But for the most part, I also have a nitro-powered monster truck that every now and then I live by, you know, I live kind of like in like a, a desert-like region, and so we'll take it over like these drives, 50 miles an hour, just air it out, and half the time we only, we're only over there for five or ten minutes before we break it, you know what I mean, but... So we do have a blast. So yeah. I, I definitely have some toys that I play around with. I've had airplanes and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, <coughs> I think, for the most part, I stick to the racing stuff. Yeah. I've always been super competitive in nature anyways. Yeah. And the racing just allows me to be competitive. And not only that, but it's 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 the people, you know. It's, okay. it's Also, it's the people for me. I, how fun would racing be if you had to do it by yourself? Oh, you know what boring. I mean? Speaking well, of I'd be spending a lot of time walking down on the track to flip myself back yeah. over. I know that much. <laughs> speaking of racing and coppers, okay, Jason, I'm talking to these guys here, but you you listen in to, have you seen the YouTube where they have the quad coppers, but your first-person viewer, and they put the LED light strips on the back, so it's like uh, pod racers in Star Wars? No, I haven't you seen guys, that. Yeah, yeah. But I think I've seen the thing on Facebook about it. Well, Parrot, Parrot's that. trying to do that, too. Yeah, they yeah. got that virtual reality you put a module on their uh drones you, you, i don't know all i know is this sharks i mean things that fly and we're racing them we gotta do it <laughs> okay buy me one i'm in 
I well, I would have to because I wouldn't know how to do the rest of the whole first person viewer. Like that's way above my <laughs> big grade, so, you know. So Jason, and, and that being said, maybe you could dispel some of the the stuff I've heard online. You buy most of your stuff, do you not? You know the vet. So that I'm really glad you asked that. So when I first started this, you know, this is kind of a funny, it's kind of a funny phenomenon in life, and and just in humanity in general. You know, it's like. We don't want to give the homeless guy a slice of pizza, right? The guy that needs the most gets the least. And so the homeless guy doesn't get a slice of pizza from the, the passerby. But the rock star that has millions of dollars can go eat for free anywhere he wants. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's really it's really kind of funny. I would say literally maybe in the last really fast. You there? Oh, there you are. You're back. Hmm, I don't know why I went out. Interesting. Cell phones. Where you gotta, did I lose you guys? You now? gotta love them. You were you you literally had just finished saying the part of the uh, the rock star can eat wherever he wants for free, and then we were on our hanging on the edge of our seat for the follow up, and you yeah, went away. Had nothing. <laughs> okay. And so and so, what's really funny is when I first started this YouTube channel, it was purely just me and a bunch of my buddies. Most of us race short course trucks, and we would like video our races. That way, if there was like a traffic incident or we wanted to see if we could drive better, you know, we would just kind of learn from the video. And then as I would buy products, I would just review them. And so I've been doing that quite a bit more and more over the last, you know, couple of years. But in the last three months or so, more and more of the manufacturers, now that they see that people are watching what I have to say, you know, the manufacturers, they watch. You might not think they watch, but they read the comments. Um, and... Also, which I'll tell you more about later. Brent Tilke from Team Team Associated talked to me the other day. He asked, he actually found out that I was coming down to OCRC and asked to talk to me. And I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. But cool. But there are definitely products that have been given to me, and when they are, I just tell the manufacturers like it is. I'm just if you watch like the very intro video on my YouTube channel, I just say, hey, look, if you want to give me something, you can. But that does not change the outcome of. Of the review. Of you know, the review. Just, it, you you don't care if you paid it. for it or not. Yeah, so what you're saying is that yeah. the product yeah. yeah, if what you're saying is that the product sucks and they gave it to you for free, you're still gonna tell, say it sucked. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, and that's you know, it's most of these guys are doing reviews and they're getting free swag. They don't want to say something sucks because then the free swag stops coming, stops in. coming yeah. in. Yeah. But I'll tell you guys from experience, like these kits they're a lot of work to do a review, man. I mean Everybody says, oh, you know, I'd love to get a free this or a free that. But let me just tell you right now, building a kit, putting electronics in it, putting a transponder in it, club racing it, and then having the, say, the box box set up, not even close. Then you're chasing a setup and you're spending two or three race days or, or, or more trying to get this thing right. It really, it seems like a really good deal because they've given you this kit. But when you really look at the time that you put into it, a lot of times it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, to, so... I'm to the point now where I'm I'm probably not going to review as many kits, or at least I'm going to start spacing them out as I review full kits because they are just you know building tuning. It just it just tends to be a lot of work. But yeah, for the most part, I've bought most of what you see, and uh, I'm really not sure what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm just going to start if, if the manufacturers give me products. If I'll just outright tell everybody that, that's given to me, it it really shouldn't matter. But at the end of the day, my opinion will be what it what it is. Well, you know, I, I think the best example of that is with the four four three. And you know what I think is really funny about your honest opinion about the four four three. And and I didn't disagree with you because I built one myself, and it 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 definitely yeah. left something on the table. Like you know what I mean? I didn't feel 
as good as I did when I after I built one of my first kits. It was definitely, um, yeah. you know what I mean. But what I thought was funny about it is as soon as you had your your honest opinion about the build on it, so many people were taking what you said so far to context. You went on to say you've driven them and they drive great, but the build sucked. You know. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, and so, <laughs> so many people are like, agreed, "Oh well, agreed. well." Jason said they're they're crap, and it's like, well, no. He said the build was crap, guys, and and. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with them. I love that thing. And I said right before we had you on, if I had to give up all of my RCs for racing and I was only allowed to keep one right now, my 443 is the only one I would keep. I just, I love yeah, driving you know, it that much. You know, the I've I've spoken a lot, and I still, to this very day, anytime I go club racing, that, that comes up. You know, it comes up, it comes up far more than I probably wish that it would. But <laughs> at the end of the day, no one... My, that video was not an indictment on the performance capabilities of that car. I mean, mm. I don't know if you were following here closely, but it looks like Ryan Cavalier just won the CRCRC Midwest Winter Championships again with that car. Yeah, no, I, I actually haven't looked at it. I, I was I was peeking at it, and then I kind of got distracted and didn't finish reading about it. <laughs> I got yeah, ADHD, I, what can I say? Just, yeah. <laughs> so, no, that car, it handles amazingly well. And so, anyways, I... I ended up messaging, uh, I put something on Facebook. I don't know if I messaged Brent or if he messaged me. I can't remember. But either way, there was, we ended up, I ended up talking to Brent through, the, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys know who Brent Silky is. Everybody knows yep, who Brent yep. Silky is. Yeah. Team Associate National Team Manager. Yeah. And he said, hey, I'd really like to talk to you uh, in person when you come down to OCRC. And I talked to him and he just said, you know, at the end of the day, he just said, you know, you know, I was worried that it was really going to destroy my relationships with a lot of those guys because I, I do like those guys. I, I think they're good guys and they're obviously super high level racers where me, I'm like a, your average, I'm a good club racer. And if I have a really good drive, you know, might see me competing in an name it like a JBRL, but you know, any, any given Sunday at OCRC, I would have to do work to put my car anywhere besides the absolute back of the A. I mean, it would have to be like the, the drive of your life. I mean, when you have guys out there like, Stephen Hartson and Kevin Motter and Cody Newmandal and Brent Silkey and Brian Cavalieri and, you know, just Frank Rue, so many of these guys, you just, you just, they just ha have a super stacked field of talent. And I, I hate using the word super stacked because so many people say that, but it's just, they're not hurting for fast guys at OCRC. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> so, what, so what you're trying to say is if I go to the I, Spectrum race in November, it's uh, prepare to be way, 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 way in the back. I don't. I don't think I'm that good of a driver. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, anyways, I talked to Brent, and he just basically said, "Hey, look, you know, you know, we've obviously we know what we know what's up. You know, we've 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 reviewed the video, and uh, unfortunately, you were right on a lot of things. And they're they're like, and you have to respect this on Team Associated. They're making changes now. Yeah. It's disappointing to me that they didn't make the changes before they released released the vehicle." And it's disappointing that like videos like mine had to come out. And because, you know, my intent is never to do damage, but you have to believe that there was some damage done. There were some people out there that, that didn't buy those kits after watching that video, right? Oh, it's very possible. Absolutely. It's, it's, I get that feeling, yeah. You know, and I, I would say I know that's the case because I've had so many people message me and say, hey, look, I, I decided to hold off on that kit because of this very reason. But, but uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, if, if you had a 13-year-old kid that you bought that kit for, 
he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting that kid built on his own. You know what I mean? Just no. Yeah, absolutely. But but at the end of all uh, all of it, though, <clears throat> you're doing what you've done from the get-go. You're being honest, and I think that goes a lot a long way as opposed to, you know, giving everybody a load of, of crap about it so that way they'd buy the product or, or you know what I mean? So uh, at the end yeah. of the day, I, I, I would much prefer you did it the way you did, and you're right. It sucks that you had to do it, but at least yeah. you were honest. Sometimes the truth hurts. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's not like you did yeah. it to cause damage. No. You know, so it's... No, yeah. You know, it's just yeah, it's I, how you felt. Anything, <laughs> I unveiled it, you know? Yeah. Well, or at least got their attention to it. Speaking of Team Associated right, yeah. there, their, uh, their one-eighth buggy platform, to, to you, has it stalled in the last couple of years? Do you think it should be way, yeah. like, way above and you beyond know, compared to, like, uh, Kyosho? You know, this. let me just tell you what my... I think that Team Associated, and this is just me shooting completely from the hip. This is not me pointing fingers at anybody, but I just think that whoever's leading the charge has just lost focus. They, they let. There's a there's. It seems to me that in these businesses, as in any business, there's a pendulum that kind of swings back and forth from time to time, trying to make a business profitable. Basically, the pendulum swings from doing what's best for the absolute best for the business to doing what's absolutely best for the customer. And, you know, the pendulum just kind of swings back and forth. And it just seems to me that they kind of just lost focus, you know. And I think that, I think that it's shown, but I will say this, for Ryan Cavalieri to, to knock off a second-place finish with their prototype buggy behind, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know, but a very close Canadian friend of mine, Ty Tessman. Oh, yeah, I mean, we they're, know. They're making leaps and bounds. Yeah. They're making leaps and bounds for sure. Yeah, no, we we actually, funny enough, we we did an interview with Ty uh, as our second podcast. Like, we're only on our sixth one. We're new at this whole situation. And, you know, obviously, the three of us being Canadian, my first thought was, well, hey, Ty Tessman just won the world. What a better person to try and get on than Ty Tessman, right? So We were a little starstruck, I think. Yeah, yeah, we were all, if you (laughs) listen to that one, it's a whole lot of To go back to what he's saying, though, about Team Associated kind of losing it. Yeah. I think the three of us would agree with that. I mean, well, I've said it. What, yeah. what like I want to go to an eight scale platform, and and it's like, well, what do I do? Yeah. Like associated stuff. So they they haven't done nothing with the Truggy platform since they've done the the, the like they don't even make an electric yeah. Truggy. Lowest you have on, to buy on, the nitro the and buy the conversion kit. Techno. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I mean even the questions that we want to ask, because like, we eventually want to speak to. I think it's Tim Tuner. We're actually right? we have an interview with you know, Tim Tuner. You know, and questions up, like yeah. why are we using plastic nuts to hold the shock? He on? said he's going to address that. He listened to <laughs> the know, podcast, and his response <laughs> to me is, "I have an answer for that." <laughs> I'm interested to hear it because you know it just because yeah. we've had issues where the plastic nuts have broke, broke. Yep. You yeah. know, and so included it, in a in yeah. a in a factory team kit, and it's like really you're trying to tell me the team are using plastic nuts on their stuff? Like really? No. There's no way. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe we will stand corrected, but, you know, it just, it seems maybe. like, it's like you said, the pendulum swings between being profitable and not, yeah. you know, and. Right, and, and, and representing the customer best, and they've got it, the pendulum, I think the pendulum has just been stuck in the super profitable area, and I mean, not to get. No, not, I, I know what you're saying. This I was not to bash on associated, but I mean, let, let's just look at the B4.2. Let's look at the kick that they discontinued in order to provide us with a new kit in the B5. Now, first of all, 
you know, the B5 is, they, I, it didn't win right out of the box. Like, if you look at the low C car, you look at the track record of the low C car, it came out of the box, and Justin Abbott started just destroying the competition with it. The B5 kind of got off to a slow start, but now that it's, now that they're kind of getting it figured out, and they're sorting out, you know, what they want to do with the plastics and what they want to do for just everything, just, just getting, getting the car up to, like, I guess you'd say race pace or whatever. It's it's come a long way, but when you look at the fact that like the B four point two came with titanium turnbuckles, it came with all aluminum hexes. Yeah. It came with you know it just it just seems to me that you got a little bit more for your money when you bought that car. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's you funny know, you mention so. that because it's like now you see somebody out there with a B four point two, you go really you don't have a B five yet. Yeah, like it, it's it, right, and right. and they haven't they've been out yeah what a little over a year now about that yeah. almost a year you know yeah. so it's it's, yeah. it's just it's it's kind of crazy to think that you know I and I find myself doing it it's like really like I'm I'm you know it's yeah uh, I'll I'll tell you what if I had to if I was a betting man first of all I'll just tell you right now my favorite platform ever in a buggy has been the B four point two. When they stretched out the chassis and added hexes and the big bores and stuff, that was pretty much my favorite car ever. To this very day, I would have no problem racing, love racing that car all day. I do think that on these higher grip, smoother layouts where you really need the corner speed bad, it would definitely suffer a little bit. But I still think it's an awesome platform. And I would argue that it will probably go down as the winningest two-wheel drive buggy platform ever. I don't know that we'll ever see another car that that – you know, will reign supreme for as long as that car did. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So, what's your, what, what's your, what's I mean, your brand of choice? You yeah. know, I don't... There are all these cars, some of the top-tier cars can be really good. Like, they can all handle really good. They can. They all have a little bit of a different personality, just based on the way they're engineered and designed. But I tend to run primarily Kyosho equipment in the two-wheel department, so... I have a Kyosho Stadium truck, I have a Kyosho RV6, and I have a Kyosho short course truck. But for the four-wheel buggy, I run the hot bodies, and I run it mm-hmm. for a few different reasons. I run, it, I run it primarily because the car is just so dang durable. It is just, it just is. The thing is just a tank. And I know there are guys out there say, hey, I've broken it and I've had problems. But look, no car is completely indestructible. No. But I, all I can say is, like, for all my on-track shenanigans, for all the stuff you guys see on YouTube, there's probably hours of me doing stupid stuff. You know, I don't know if you saw you that mean, little transfer. You mean, like, like, like 10-second like, video. Poles yes, the 10-second and, and I've, been trying, I've been trying to find the 10-second <laughs> video of you smashing whoever's car it was into a pole. Oh, oh no, that's, that's my buddy Lee. He, you know, his V5. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Paul Sinclair had sent me... He had a blemished chassis, a chassis that functionally was perfect, but had like a blemish in the carbon. Nothing he did wrong, but just they sent him carbon. He didn't realize there was a blemish on it, so he made a chassis. And he's like, hey, look, I really would hate to sell this and disappoint somebody. You know, and, and I had told him, I said, hey, if you get anything you want to do videos, let me know. So he sent me this chassis, and of course I don't have a B5M, so I reached out to my buddy Leland, and we put it on his car. And, and right away, you could there was clearly a difference. And so that full video will be coming. But okay. anyways, funny he mentions a lot more motor. He he mentions the 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 clip. I I got the video loaded up here. So this is the one he's talking about. I'm just gonna play the audio from her here real quick. Sure. <laughs> I had tears in my eyes when I watched this. <laughs> How is it? 
super dialed. <laughs> super. <laughs> All right, I forgot the microphone at home, but we're getting ready to run the X Factory Infinity Series carbon chassis at my buddy Lee's B5M. <laughs> Lee already took it for a few laps, and this thing's pretty ridiculous, so he fixed his radio so I can try it. So let's go. Okay, so here, 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 here he's coming around the, the track. What did, he say, what did Jason say? Like, you got a lot of motor in it, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> here comes around. Okay, here comes, guys. It's about to happen. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, did it break? <laughs> <laughs> that sound. Oh, my God. It's got a lot like, of motor in it, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have a motor in it anymore, Lee. <laughs> Folded that baby up. Uh, wow. Uh, I don't remember where I saw it. If it was on Live RC or if it was on one of the Facebook groups. I, it must, I think it was on Facebook. I think somebody shared it on the I RC know, Racers man. of Michigan. I or was something. at work and I watched that and I was in tears. And the guys at work was like, dude, what did you, what's what's the matter with you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you guys wouldn't understand. They're so, not into the RCs. So, so what, what broke so, on it? It, uh, <laughs> Lee ended up putting on like a hardened top deck and a hardened nose piece, like pickup. Right. And it literally, it literally just folded both of those upside down in half perfectly, and uh, and so I put a new kick up and a new nose piece on it, and we literally had the car back up at ten minutes later. Yeah, fifteen tops. So well, that, that's good. At least that's yeah. it. No arms, no shock towers. Just wow, Matt. You want to have yeah, the honor of telling yeah. them about the story about the tree? Oh yeah, this goes back. This goes back when me and Mike first got into to RCs. We dived right in. We got into nitro because that was the big. We were like, oh, we got to have ones with, they make noise and they're cool. So we go to the, one of these local schools that's got a park attached to it. And we got lots of room to run them. And, you know, we're running, we're pretty far away from ourselves with them. And I said, Mike, you know, we're getting pretty close to those trees. And literally, no sooner do I finish saying trees, you hear, ba, pa, ba, 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 ba. And then he tries to make it move. And it's like, no, it, it's broke, bro. It's, it's really yeah. broke. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, it, yeah. was, it was it was similar to that's what I think why I found it so funny. The yeah. whole pull thing was just I think we're getting a little close to those trees, and just boom. boom, and the car bounced back off at at least twenty feet. <laughs> oh, it just you know there's yeah. more there's more to the, there's more to the story, you know. So Lee, the guy in the video, he's a buddy of mine. And we club ourselves time, and he's good. He's fast, you know. We're we are really really close to like the same speed, and I would say I probably have a little more consistency. And uh, so usually I would say, like, if you had to, like, if I was a bet man, I'd bet, bet on me 60, 65% of the time and him and the rest. You know, it's close. And uh, funny is he uses this KO radio that has an adjustable trigger. And so he basically only puts the very tip of his finger in there and he closes up the trigger so that all he can get, you couldn't actually put your finger to the trigger. So he had been, like, adjusting the trigger for me and trying to get this thing right because we didn't really want to change receivers. And, and the motor he had in there, I've, you, know, you guys, all these guys wonder why, like, like absolute top dogs like Ryan Mayfield, why are they putting low C-rated battery packs in their cars? Why are they putting all this brass? Why are they weighing these cars down? It's because when you have that kind of horsepower, you, you know, the more horsepower you put in the car, the harder it's going to be to control. And they're really just trying to slow down and make those cars really predictable and just where they can just drive them with extreme precision. Right. And so I run as basically I find the biggest jump on the track. I make sure that say I make a little mistake, I can still make that jump. And then that's all the motor I really want. I don't want any more motors than that. Well, Lee had so much more of this thing that if you snatch the, the 
if you were to just yank on the trigger anywhere on the track, it would just blow the tires off and do a donut. <laughs> and so what happened is I was coming down that corner, and I yanked it, not realizing how really how aggressive that motor was, and it just spun the tires and just darted right at the pole, and that was that. It was game over. Hey, Matt, so, can but, I tell you something? Yeah. Lighter isn't always better. Well, I never said lighter <laughs> was better. Look at this, dude. Right here. Well, well, Slow hold- down. Wait. We're slow moing oh, it. Oh, <laughs> my. Jason, have you ever watched it in slow mo? As a matter of fact, I have. Oh, my. Boom. <laughs> oh, it like. No, wow. Dude, we got to Instagram clip that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Good times. Uh, so, okay. So, obviously, we found you through through YouTube. So, we want to ask you do you have you ever checked out this other guy on YouTube called RC Sparks? He goes by DJ Medic, I believe. You know, I have seen him. He's that guy. You know, I do the the race thing, and it's a really we are really a small. The hardcore race community is a pretty small community. Yeah. It's a very small community, but he has got a monster channel. He like five hundred half a million subscribers or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, like it's that. a lot. Yeah, I can tell you it it is a lot. But yeah, you're right. He he's into everything. Yeah. Do you see that payloader? Yeah, he's been having some problems with that thing. <laughs> have you actually seen that, Jason? Oh. It, you know, I saw I saw the thumbnail of him standing in the bucket or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. I actually have not watched that video yet. I probably will. One of oh, days. check it out! It's cool. <laughs> yeah, he lifts himself up and down with it. It's like, man, Sorry, really? Yeah. So there, he, is he the he, guy that made that that really cool snowplow with like the spinning. Yeah, it was like a had like a spinning s- wheel in it. Snow blower type thing. Yeah. 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 Guy. He's at, yeah. he's got six hundred and two thousand fifty five subscribers as of right now. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. And he's from Canada. Cal- another Calgary. Canadian. Calgary. Thanks, Canadians. You know. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into these Facebook First questions. They won the world. Now they're taking over YouTube. You well, know. It's about darn time we won the worlds. I was uh, <laughs> when when I seen all the posts about it. Yay, we won gold! And because of course I was already in bed when the game was finishing, um, and and I woke up and I'm like, ah, oh, about damn time! Now everybody can stop complaining. We haven't won gold in forever. What, what what's your take on these new <laughs> right? with the with the new rules there with this astroturf? Uh, yeah, that's actually funny enough. That is, is one of the questions. There? Yeah, where is it here? Uh, let me read it. I want to give the guy credit for it. <coughs> Whoa, pardon me. Um, where did I put it? So what's your thoughts on the AstroTurf anyway as we wait for them to? You know, I think, first of all, personally, I really like dirt. I really like clay. I do think that it, it's hard to. it's really hard to say, and it's not that I don't have an opinion I do, but if you look at, like, off-road RC racing, say, in the early to mid-90s, where it's basically like, it's like basically like an on-road track that's just bumpy with a couple of bumps. There's no, there's no acrobatics. There's no need to whip the car. It's just, you're basically just trying to hang on to it. And then you take a look at, say, the Rady Race or the Roar Super Nationals from 2012 here in California, where you've basically got, like, this dirt freeway with these wicked jumps. And it's not that AstroTurf isn't, off-road, but I just, I personally feel like it should be, This it's very specific to the case, and here's why. Yatabi has an amazing surface underneath that AstroTurf. They have an amazing clay or dirt surface or whatever, and that's what I think it should be ran on, because I think that when people think of scale racing or off-road racing in real life, we think of, like, Ivan the Iron Man Stewart or these torque trucks or whatever racing in dirt. Mm-hmm. So I wish that it were on dirt. With that said, I don't think it's there's necessarily, I don't think there's necessarily, 
I don't know. When I think of off-road, I think of dirt. But I don't think it's the end of the world that it's AstroTurf. I think that a lot of the guys here in the U.S., you know, these companies like TLR and Associated and Hot Bodies who tie drives for, these companies, what I think they should do personally is I think they should all, if they were going to send, you know, all their factory drivers, the Stephen Hartsons and Cavaliers and Mayfields and Dustin Evans, they're going to spend thousands of dollars to send those guys over there, even for a warm-up race. What yeah. I think they should do is just write a check to, to Robert Black over there at OCRC, write the guy a check for $5,000 per company, let him put the AstroTurf in. He told me he would do it. Right. And be done with it. And 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 give our guys a, a chance. I think that there are, first of all, there's some supremely talented guys over there in Europe. I mean, just to get, you know, obviously, I'm not even talking about like Japan, like Nayato Masakura and, and those guys, but just talking about guys like Lee Martin and Jorn Neumann and uh, Neil Craig and Tom Cockrell, there are some just super talented guys. Not that we don't have our own fair share of, of super talented guys here, but I think that there's no question that guys that race on that surface and they already have the setup on their car. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen Lee Martin lately, but he's got that new, he's driving for Yokomo now. And they've got that new car that has a really, really low center of gravity, the way the motor and transmission played out. Lee Martin was ballistically fast at the eight-scale Worlds. If he wouldn't have had some bad luck, I, I've talked to Ty's dad, and Ty feels like Lee was a serious threat to compete for the for the title at right. the eight-scale Worlds. And you know, you you get the we don't get if we don't start practicing over here and getting the cars exactly the way they need to be. It's, I think there's a good chance that we might we might not be coming home with a title. You know right, what I mean? Right. Well, because that, that was the second part. It was actually Ryan Hodges from Facebook. who He had asked what you thought about the world's being on turf. And the second part to that that question was, uh, do you think that the normal players will still be run, uh, like in the running for the win or will somebody somebody new rise to the top because of the change? Because they have more Astro tracks in Europe. Like they, 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 you know what I mean? I guess they're more common over there. Yeah. Well, they don't really have the weather. I don't think they really have the, the weather for a lot of dirt outdoor tracks. And right. From what I understand, I don't know too much about it. I haven't been there, but I, I may be going to Europe here in short. Actually, I'm going to Rome here in uh, in uh, March. Or no, I'm sorry, May. I'm going to Rome in May, but but just that's just for vacation with my wife. But but from what I understand, they do not have a lot of clay tracks over there. So, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it's like this. This is what I've learned after racing for a few years now. There, everybody kind of has their natural, there's a ceiling, there's a, there's a limit to what your natural ability can get you. And then right. you can work really hard and you can get a little bit higher. And the, the way I explain it when I'm at the track is, let's just say like me personally, let's just say that if you ranked me against all the drivers in the world, let's just say I rank as a, we'll just say that I'm a seven. I could be a little, if anything, I would be a little bit lower, not higher. But then you have guys that are eights, and you have nines, and then you have tens. And you take a guy like, just to name a few tens, not that I have to name them, but of course, Ryan Mayfield, mm-hmm. Carson Wernemont, uh, Ryan Cavalieri, uh, Ty Tessman, I mean, how could you forget him? But, you know, the Lee Martins, the Neil Craigs, the, you know, the guys that are just like the, the Jorn Neumanns, those guys find their way to the top just about anywhere they go. You know what I mean? They just, they yeah. just have it. They have, a, a, not only are they, they're they're gifted drivers. They're talented, and they have an an insane drive to win. They're just super competitive people, and so I'm not too worried about it. But but the thing is, 
when you take guys that are all tens, you know, when you take the Lee Martins and the Neil Craigs and the Tom Cockrells and all these guys that are super fast over there and the Jordan Neumanns that are used to racing on that surface, and you throw a bunch of the American or North American or whoever, you throw them, you throw them, you throw them in there. I just, I, I think that they'll absolutely be able to compete, but will they be able to compete for the victory? That's that's the issue, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I think there's going to be a huge learning I mean, I curve, this. right? I think so. Yeah, like there are guys that, from over here that have never ran on turf or even carpet for that matter. Yeah. So they're they're not. And it's, yeah. a, it's a different ball of wax, you know. Yeah. It's, the, the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of those tracks, they are not smooth. Just because it's AstroTurf, they, it can be really bumpy. Yeah. And, and I can tell you from experience, having a high-grip track isn't that bad. Having a bumpy track isn't that bad. Having a super bumpy high-grip track, that's bad. It is no fun. <laughs> you know, it just, it just isn't. Loosen your diffs, is that what you're saying? You know... <laughs> Uh, to be completely honest with you, I couldn't even tell you. It, the truth is, I went to Cactus this last year because it was the last year it was outdoor, and I knew it would be sugared up. Yeah. But I've raced at my old home track leisure hours back here in, in Joliet, Illinois. They used to keep it really damp, and you could run a full slick all the time. And, I mean, that was, like, a lot of traction. That was before mid-motor actually caught on. Right. But So I was used to driving on high grip, and to be honest with you, it's never really been a problem for me. But when it's high grip and it's bumpy... Good night. I mean, you're you're tracking the car through like a sweeper or like a dog leg, and all of a sudden the car just catches a rut and blows off the track. There's just nothing you can do about it. You just it's just gone. Yeah, you know? I watched a few so videos that's, from that's Cactus like, and, and seen all, and seen a lot of just it was like whoa, what happened there? And then I even I think what was one of your videos, uh, maybe from there it was just catwalking along the whole back. Like oh yeah, absolutely yeah, just just ridiculous traction. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what will happen. I'm sure that I'm sure that they're the guys like Ryan Mayfield and Cavalieri and Ty. They'll go over there and they're gonna they're gonna put down some 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 stellar runs and and give everybody a run for their money. But uh, I guess at the, end of the, at the end we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. So Adam Kohler from Facebook. Uh, hopefully I said his name right. Wants to know what was your first RC and how did you get in? Uh, and how did you get into racing? <laughs> Sorry, That's okay. I um. So, so my first RC ever, my first RC car ever, was a Tamiya Grasshopper. And I had lived down the street from a guy that was quite a bit older, probably in his late 20s. I was like six, and he was in his late 20s, and he had a Tamiya Frog. And I really, I wanted a Tamiya Frog. So I told my dad, and, uh, you know, I don't like to get into it too much, but I was born with a genetic condition that prevented me from doing a lot of the things that I wanted to do as far as sports and activities when I was younger. And so my dad went out and got me... A Tamiya Grasshopper. I was like, dude, I wanted a frog. <laughs> but I got a grasshopper. <laughs> and, so, and so, dang it, Dad. Anyways, I was happy to have the Grasshopper, and we we ended up having a lot of fun with it. We ended up having, like, a tree in our backyard that we cut down. Right. And my dad dug a pit in a circle around this tree, and we didn't cut the stump all the way down, so we put a board, like, over the pit, and we would jump the pit and just goof off. And it's, as a six-year-old kid, I had a blast with my Grasshopper, and... And as time progressed, you know, I ended up having more RC cars. And what happened, there was a, a local hobby shop that basically sold off Tamiya. So I ended up, I had a whole bunch of Tamiya vehicles as I was growing up. I had a, a Falcon, a Tamiya Falcon, which was really cool. I had a Lunchbox. I had a Vanquish. I had a bunch of uh, Tamiya vehicles. Hmm. So that, that was my first one. The Grasshopper, and my dad bought it for me because I really couldn't play sports. Nice. Okay, so with you obviously being a club racer, 
Uh, Rob Mursky from Facebook asks, now that we have so many classes that race, do you think track should break up what days classes run on? Say on one day it would be two-wheel buggy and four-wheel buggy only, and on another day there would be two-wheel drive short course and four-wheel drive short, short course. Um, he, his thoughts, uh, by doing so, uh, the race programs won't be so long, and these classes get larger turnout as choices are limited. Uh, nothing worse than always being in the A-Main because only six or eight people signed up for the class. You know, the whole A-Main thing is another subject that we probably should talk about if you have time, but but I don't know. I guess I guess this, you said it was Rob Mursky? Yeah. Rob, I guess my answer to you is I really don't know, and the reason I say that is because there are a lot of guys, myself included, who I'll bring my short course and my buggy, and I'll just run those. So like I'll run, you know, I'll just decide I only want to run two-wheel stuff today, and I'll run a short course truck and a buggy. And so I really don't know what the answer is. We This is a tough hobby, specifically because it requires so much prep time in order to race. If you really did the math for how much time we prep our vehicles compared to how much time we race them, it's it's pretty insane compared to a lot of other hobbies like cycling and, and, and even even flying RC airplanes, to be honest with you. So I don't I don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure if they should break it up. I do know that I do think that a lot of times we have too many classes and the programs can get a little bit long and a little bit cumbersome and nobody wants to go sit around for eight hours on a Friday night just to race their toy cars for 20 minutes, you know. So I'm not exactly sure what the answer is, but... Eight. We we spend we we spend closer to to twelve. <laughs> Long days when we race up yeah. here, and, yeah. and all three of us are involved with the actual running of the program. Yeah. And it's just, we end up with a well. We had 111 entries at our last at, uh, at yeah, yesterday's race. We hit 115. Okay, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah, crazy. So it's, it's hard to say. You know, there's a big thread on RC Tech. I'm, I'd imagine you guys probably follow follow RC Tech, and it's, it's yeah. just, you know why isn't RC racing growing? And I think that. There's some really good reasons RC racing probably isn't growing. It's not exact. This is kind of a front end heavy hobby. You have to dump a chunk of money to really get rolling in this hobby. Oh, well, and it seems Number like it, it doesn't end either. It never ends. No. Well, it, <laughs> but that's... You know it, it doesn't. And and you know the consumable nature in some of these products, like tires and bodies, it can get ridiculous. And I mean, to be completely honest, with you, if you're in a track that really that really is hard on tires. You know, I know most of the carpet surfaces aren't too bad, but you get some of these really abrasive tracks, and you could be going through a set of tires, literally one per race race day. And sometimes, you know, even if it lasts for two or three race days, that still isn't cheap. That's still a pretty expensive. You know, it just it just costs money. You know, yeah. would would it be safe to say, like on that note, that these companies are probably making fistfuls of money, laughing all the way to the bank? I think. It, it, you know what you would think. So I've just just to be completely, you know, in full disclosure here, I've looked I've looked into this a little bit more, and I definitely think there's opportunities in the RC arena if you're willing to put up some cash to find some capital to invest in in, in creating any type of product. You probably could make some money in it, but I don't think that they're making fistfuls. That's for sure. I I think one of the real the real bummers in our hobby are really the distributors. And I hate to, and this is not really an attack. Yeah, the the middleman. You know, sometimes, yeah, yeah. And so it happens. What I was told by a few different people, first of all, there's, distributors don't want to touch a product unless there's a specific amount of money they can make, and that's their business. But, but the other, the flip side of that is, they kind of basically, they basically want a kind of like half. 
So let's just say you're going to sell a product for, let's just say the distributor is going to sell it, the manufacturer is going to sell it to the distributor for, let's just say, 10 bucks, and it should sell for 30 on the street. The distributor says, look, I'm selling it for 20. I want half of whatever the total margin is going to be. Hmm. And, and they've really kind of got a stranglehold on all of these smaller hobby shops. Because, I mean, think about this. If you personally, Matt, if you own a hobby shop, you don't want to place orders to Associated, Sabox, Airtronics, Futaba, Spectrum, you know, just, yeah, Racing, MIP. You don't want to, you don't want to spend all day ordering from 50 companies. You know what I mean? Right, right. You want to call one company, place your order, and be done. And so there's no, there is absolutely no doubt that the distributors provide a service. But at the end of the day, I just... Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough. I, is I it the appropriate that, cost? Like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 is it the appropriate cost? Like, what, what it's costing to deal with the distributors is—is is it really appropriate for what they're doing, or are they are are they the ones making the fistfuls of money as opposed to the manufacturers? Or you know what I mean? Or 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 well, look at look at some yeah. of the biggest sh- online shops. Look at sometimes the discount codes they offer. Well, yeah, but that explains, you know they're you yeah. know they're making money. Yeah, if they can give you that kind well, of I mean, money off. Yeah. If you guys really want a clear window into what's possible, go look at Hobby King. Go look at their flagship awesome 120 amp speaker hold, 79 bucks, or the lower model that's 42 bucks, and then go look at an Orion. You know, Pro Ten R R Ten Pro Point One. That's two hundred and fifty dollars. And then add the sixty dollar program you can buy box a card. To it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Then it's a program card. And so to have an operational <laughs> package there, you're talking more money for your speed control than for your kit. You yeah, know what I mean? Three hundred twenty bucks. And Oof. so yeah, yeah. And so you know, one of the guys said to me, "Well, you're looking at what you know, hardcore cost." when you buy a speaker for 42 bucks. Well, that's not actually true because if it were hardcore cost, we wouldn't be buying it. Right. Well, there's yeah. some, there's a margin in there somewhere, even if it's like five, five bucks. So yeah, I don't know. I, some of these products, I just, it just blows me away at their cost. Now, by the way, just, you know, I own Orion products and I do think they make some really killer stuff, but there's a lot of like little, Dirty secrets in the industry that I I think kind of haven't made their way out into public, yeah. the public yet. Right. And you know, just like you know, I've heard from a few different people that there's only like four massive plants that make lipo batteries. And so, with that said, I mean, what separates an eighty dollars shorty battery from a thirty dollars shorty battery? Well, I think I, I would think... argue that probably <laughs> probably quality controls. But you're you're you know what's funny is you're kind of pointing uh, towards uh, SMC, which we're all a huge fan of SMC, and and Danny, you know, he's put out test results. He doesn't come out and tell you what batteries he's comparing his to. But when you see some of the specs and you see some of the the batteries, like some of his batteries outperforming these high dollar packs, and it's like. Wow, you know, I feel bad for the guy who went out and spent, you know, one hundred and ten dollars on a two S five thousand milliamp pack when I spent thirty dollars, and uh, mine's almost as good. You yeah, know? yeah, it's 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 tough, you know, and especially for kids on budgets, you know, just yeah. Well, that's it. Just it, like just like every other product brand, like whether you're buying like say a, a brand name of of jeans, you know, you're you're paying for the brand, not yeah. necessarily the performance. Yeah, 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 hmm. for sure. 
So another question. Uh, well, let's finish off Ryan Hodges because he kind of missed. Yeah, part of well, his team. yeah, no, he had a, he had a second question. It was actually two separate questions oh. that he asked. I just I grouped them together so that way I could see that it was by the same guy. Um, his was w- with Associated releasing the T5M and no plans of releasing a rear motor version. Do you see the death of a new rear motor release uh, or new mo- for the little uh, new rear motor releases coming in general? Like, do you think maybe if they come up with a new short course truck, there won't be a rear motor option? Or, hmm, you know, well, we I, got I we got him thinking a couple of, <laughs> couple of weeks ago, and I was discussing like mid motor and rear motor, and he Ty basically feels like, hey, look, mid motor is here to stay. It's a faster car. And it's, 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 if you want, if you're at top level, mid motor is always the way to go. I'm not so sure. I, I really kind of feel like a lot of times rear motor stuff is just easier to drive. It just is. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more hooked up. You know, you can't have a car that, that steers awesome and has awesome rear traction all the time. So if you wonder why a lot of the pros cars, if you look at them, I challenge you to go find a video where you see Ryan Cavalieri's car really loose on any of his old videos from a few years back. Go tell, go show me a video where that B4 is really sliding around real heavy under power, exiting a corner where it's sliding around. I think most of the time what you'll find is you don't see that because what these guys do is they set the car up to have a good amount of steering, maybe a slight push, but that always has traction. Mm-hmm. So they turn the car, if it's going to miss the corner, like if they've overshot the corner, they can kind of check the car up with the brake. Right. But they can always roll back onto the throttle aggressively to get it out, and they have the retraction. You know? Right, right. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to die. I hope that it doesn't, because I still think that rear motor has a place here in the United States for sure. But as as, as tracks do, you know, start creating higher grip levels and stuff like that, it, I would be. I have to honestly say, that, it wouldn't surprise me. To see rear motor start to die off. So, hmm. Is it? it would it be safe so. to say that there's a whole lot of product out there that us North Americans don't even really know about in the RC world? I would say if you, yeah, like I, from overseas, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's a tr- there's a, there's a tremendous amount of equipment that that n- doesn't really get a lot of publicity here. You know, here in the United States, for the most part, in the racing community, it's it's Kyosho, TLR, and Associated. And a couple of other brands have kind of have kind of made their 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 presence known. Stuff like stuff like Team C and some of these other brands and stuff like that. But but for the most part, I would say, yeah, there's there's you know, like you can buy a Schumacher product at Main. But I would I would ask you this: When's the last time you saw one at your track? And of course, there's some guys can be listening like, "There's like thirty of them at my track," but at my track, there's none. Norm. I think when I raced at Leisure Hour for three years, I think I saw a guy show up with one four wheel drive like one time. Yeah, Norm, you know? a guy we raced yeah. with at uh, in St. Angus, Michigan. Uh, he actually just retired his Schumacher four wheel drive buggy for a B four four three. What? Yeah. Two months ago. So he was the only guy that I knew was running a Schumacher. Well, I think it's it's hard because I've been kind of looking online, you know, like 
we were looking at uh, the hoodie stuff for setup boards and hoodie hoodie hoody, however whatever. you say it. And it's impossible to get yep. in North America. Like you have to order it from overseas. You know, and I mean, we know that yeah. setup boards and parts like that, they're not light, so then the shipping gets ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and things like that and it's like it's just but it, it seems like some of the products some of the companies from the North American companies don't even make. You know, like it's just, it's kind of weird. It kind of strikes me as like, is there an open... Well, you're not wrong. Gap, you know, you know that's missed? A, a, <coughs> sorry. A buddy sorry. of mine, Aaron, ended up racing at the 2013 FMR Worlds. I went there to mechanic for him, and he's a good guy. And We were pitted across from these two Australians. Super cool guys. Anyways, uh, one of them's name was Ari Bakla, and he runs a distributor in Australia. And Ari's a super nice guy. He's a friend of mine on Facebook, and... uh when he was leaving, he had this small, I would say like maybe two and a half, two and a half inch wide by four inch tall, billet aluminum, much more parts tray. And I was like, Ari, I'm like, name your price for that parts tray. I'm taking that with me. <laughs> and he just started laughing. He's like, you really want this? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I've got to have it. And he's like, you know what? He's like, he's like here you go, mate. You know, I, it, it's two it's two kilos or a kilo I don't have to take on the plane or something like that. And he gave it to me. And I was like, you know, of course, I just... I still use it to this day, so if I already listen, I already thanks. His wife makes fun of the way Americans say water. I won't, I won't drag, I won't bring that up too much, but <laughs> damn Australians. Better not listen oh, to us Canadians I, talk. I, that. Doesn't mean, I, I started making fun of him. I'm like, hey, hey, are you going to get some water? And his wife's like, no, we want water. <laughs> I go, thanks. Uh... <laughs> thanks, Ari. Appreciate that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But no, but anyway, so but the point of the point of my story about the parts trade was that I tried looking it up later on. Right. They don't even sell it here. So people ask me all the time, where can I get that parts trade? And I'm like, uh, you can't unless you want to import it from like Australia or something. Yeah, if you wanna if you go to if you travel to Australia, make sure you <laughs> order one to be delivered to your hotel while you're there. It, it's just crazy because right, right. I, I think there's a lot of products out there that could you know, uh make a difference in the hobby that we just don't have access sure. to, you know. And, I mean, sure. I've kind of always wondered that, and it's something just as of lately that's been running through my head as I'm cruising the interwebs. And, you know, and it's just like, am I the only person that feels this way? And it's kind of good to hear it from someone like yourself that says, you know, no, you're right, that there kind of is things kind of yeah. missing, you know. Yeah. You know what I think is cool? I think what's really cool are the amount of guys that are putting their talents and energy into making cool stuff, like here, like, you know, like, I don't know if you guys saw, like, I made that carbon fiber RB6 chassis just because I wanted to. I've had a ton of people ask me if they could buy that thing. And the truth is, I just, I don't know, I don't even know what I would want for it if I were going to make it. And it's just a ton of work, you know. I'm sure there's got I'm sure there's somebody out there that could probably do a better job. But, but like, the guys are like, hey, are you familiar with Rocket RC? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've, heard I've, he I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. I've just heard of it. Okay, so, like, for all the Losi cars, Rocket RC was one of the very earliest people here in the U.S. that was creating like this rear brass pivot to add weight and create more forward bite. So there's a guy named Michael Ball that owns that. Very nice guy. So Rocket RC, he's making custom pistons. And then you've got guys that are doing some other innovative stuff. Like there's a guy named Marcus Williams, and he runs a website called RC Shocks with an X. Yeah, or Yeah, we know about that one. And, and I've talked to Marcus on the phone, and he's a pretty sharp dude, and he's a, he's a pretty competitive club racer and stuff like that, and he's... He's making all kinds of stuff, man. He's had, like, got these custom pistons that, like, have four holes on the top, and they split. Like, basically, it's like a like two layers of a pancake. The top has four holes, the bottom has two holes, and they kind of 
basically what they can do is they can get you through a bumpy surface. What, the way Marcus explained it to me is you can get these things through a bumpy surface, but they'll still pack up really aggressively when you need them to off of big landings and stuff. So there's a lot of people that are just doing yeah, I was looking at cool stuff these days. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah. There's just I, so. I think that's a lot of people that, you know, you know, of course they are in reality, they are toys for for us. But I don't think some people realize how much engineering and how much goes into them. Should we talk about Jim's snow machine? Yeah, let's not hear. Yeah. I made an RC snow machine. <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you, Jim needs a 3D printer. That guy gets a 3D if, printer, he is going to put people out of business. If I can make that track portion <laughs> underneath the track, yeah. if I can make that metal somehow. I told you, I, I hey, I, I got to get a, I got to get a TIG welder. We're gonna make some stuff. Oh, I tell you what, we, we can make a snow cross track. Let's go on with uh, another question. Yeah, let's here. get a couple I more got, of these questions. I got one in up here. here. Chris uh, Madison asks, on track racer etiquette, what are your thoughts on it, and why do you think it mostly remains unspoken? And this is kind yeah, of a, a big thing too. Sorry, just to add to that, like for us, yeah, at our track, driver etiquette, uh, driver etiquette, like you know people moving over we've asked this question who do we ask that question to i just want to do you remember uh, anyways we asked you know would you prefer if somebody moves over gets out of your way and Dakota slows fan. down you know or do you prefer them to keep going where they're going talking on the driver's stand you know that whole situation where you're trying to not get pummeled and you, you know when you're trying to pass and things like that yeah i think we talked to dakota fan yeah about it was it. dakota yeah yeah, yeah. Well, what does dakota have to say curious um, he kind of, he had this kind of same idea that I have of it. It's, I, I don't want somebody to slow down and let me by. I'd rather them just keep doing what they're doing, hold their line through the corners and, and I'll get around them. I'm not expecting them to take a corner wide just for me or, or anything like that. And I, I get they're trying to maybe be convenient and or make, it was talking to on the driver's stand too. Wasn't well, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the, and the other half of it is, is you're, if you're the faster guy, you're the better racer, yeah. you should be able to find the line around the slower guy. Yeah, somebody actually asked that in here, well, too. Another question, but we'll get to that you one. Know, I would say, first of all, this is, this, is one of those, this is one of those questions that is very situation-dependent. If you're on an IFMAR qualifying run, and you're trying to qualify, I will tell you right now that as fast as Ty Tessman is, and we were playing around when we went down to the gun smoke rate, as fast as he is, he is literally 10 times the RC driver that I am. But when we were out there screwing around in practice, as long as I didn't miss a corner, as long as that my car was within you know four or five inches of the pipe when we were coming around the corners, those his car just mechanically it just doesn't have the ability to drive around the outside of my car. It just he's just not going to happen. So if we were in a race and I didn't want to move over, I could literally really hurt his time. I could literally hurt his ability to qualify where he should be qualified at. Now. The whole idea behind IFMAR qualifying is that everybody's on their own clock, and you're trying to race the clock not for position. Yeah, good so luck if explaining you are qualifying, that. <laughs> Sorry. If you're, if you're qualifying, you, in my opinion, if a faster driver comes up behind you, you should, you should not by any means just pull over and stop. But I can tell you this. Like, one of the local fast guys at my track, he does a uh, – you know, he does a podcast. I don't know if you saw, he just created it. It's, 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 he hasn't been doing a bunch of them, but it's called rcchat.net. His name's Zach Rogers. Well, I haven't well, heard that, that one. I found a few other ones from uh, when Cavalier's T5M pictures popped up. I, I found a few other ones, but no, I didn't know that one. I'll check it out. 
Yeah, he's a good guy. He's, he, I think he's done like a couple of short ones, maybe with Dustin and a couple of people. But you'd like that. He's a good kid. And he's talented. And So anyways, long story short, when Zach's coming up behind me and we're qualifying, I, I literally only have to pull over a foot or two. Not much. And when I say pull over, I don't ever lift out of the throttle. I just don't drive my car right at the pipe. And Zach will drive right up under, underneath, you know, my driving line. He's in and gone. And as soon as he takes off, now I have something just a little bit faster that I can chase because he just has more pace than I do. Yeah. So in qualifying, I think you absolutely should be respectful and you should move over. And, and it's frustrating because we're, there's so many different skill levels depending on the class and the area that you're racing in. Some guys are just trying to hang out of their car. They, they couldn't they, – they're just as likely to crash you by trying to get out of the way as they are by just doing their own thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But you also have guys that are skilled enough to move over or just, just, just to drive outside the line a foot or two to let faster guys go. Now, with that said – when you're full out racing in a main, okay, let me just give you one more caveat. My general rule is I'll pull over for you once in qualifying. If, if I pull over for you and you drop it in the pipe, I'll, I'll probably pull, I might even pull over one more time. But if I'm, just, I'm not just going to keep pulling over if you're going to keep drive, passing me to driving it into the pipe. At some point, if that's on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the catch is, I saw somebody had asked me on Facebook, the catch is like how to pass like a pro and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the, the ones. Catch yeah. Is, yeah, I hope we can get to that in just a little bit. But but the catch is, if you if you hold <laughs> these guys up and they really get impatient, they're just more likely to wreck you, drive through the back of you and wreck you anyways. You know what I mean? We know exactly what you mean. Because we, we, we got drivers that are first-day drivers to guys that have been doing it for 25 years, uh, you know, where we race. Right. You know, so you see all kinds of but in a, crazy things. <laughs> but in a main, I don't care who it is. In the main... I'll tell you right now, I had a pretty funny experience. I was racing, eight, I was racing my Kyosho 8-scale uh, Evo down at uh, JBRL. And there, there was only an A main. There was no B main. There was like 10 guys, I think, total. And I think I qualified like, hmm. I think it was Adam Drake, Mike Truey, Marty Korn, m- me, or maybe one, one other guy. But I was like right in the middle of the field. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't have the pace to match any of these guys. Like, my car was good, but even at full lock, these guys, some of these, some of these guys, actually, one of them actually, Adam actually drove around me on the, on the high side of the berm. But anyways, which is pretty rare, but anyways, we start the race, and these guys, they, they pile up, and I just drive around them. So I go from, from, like, say, fourth or fifth to second, literally, in the first 50 feet. Well, as I drive around, I'm trying to follow Adam Drake. Of course, Adam Drake, he's driving away. You know, I'm not, I'm not gaining on him, but I'm driving clean. And there's a huge gap between me and third place, like, like 150 feet. Well, next thing you know, Adam comes to this rhythm section, and his car just takes a bad landing, and it tumbles off the track, and I'm leaving. And here, uh, here comes Adam Drake, you know, chasing this, you know, four, my buddies are all hooting and hollering, and we're having a great time. And I literally, when, I, when, when Jimmy called me out as the leader, Marty Korn goes, holy crap. And I'm like, yep, I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we've all had one of those you know, situations. <laughs> so anyway, so you know, now now I know. Like I'm like, first of all, Marty Corn's fast. Mike Chewy clearly super fast. Adam Drake, I don't have to tell you who Adam Drake is. And so I'm leading, and uh, of course this is Javier. All this isn't like some big race, and, and Adam Drake is just running me down like gangbusters. His car is better than mine. He's driving better than I am but I am just holding the door shut like a boss. I'm just driving the car at the pipe, and I would say 
truthfully, if Adam would have got by me earlier, he would have just drove away from everybody. But because I wasn't as fast as the next four guys catching me, they all, within like four or five laps, they were all caught back up. They, we were all within 15 feet of each other. So it was me, Adam Drake, Mike Chewy, Marty Korn, and then they all just picked me off one by one. I would miss a quarter, and boom, Adam was gone. And or actually, <laughs> Adam caught me on the high side. I missed this. I missed like a this like step on step off and Mike blew by, blew by me in that corner and Marty got me the next one. Literally within one lap, I lost like four positions to these guys and they were they just drove away. But but yeah, I would never pull over for them because in a main, you're, it's for position, man. You know, if you made a mistake, you got to take it back. Yeah, that, that's my answer. Driver etiquette. Yes, you should move over for people in qualifiers if they're faster than you. Do the right thing. The day may come when you're going to want them to pull over for you, but in a main. Not so much, you know. Hold your line. Try to keep the door shut and race for position. Oh, okay, okay. Another question here for you, which kind of has to do with the uh, the passing and whatnot. Here, we're going to kind of combine both these questions because I think they're same. So, Randy Cathcart asks again: How do I pass? How do I go fast and pass like, like a, a pro? pro? <laughs> and how do I drive, drive. offensively <laughs> and not get taken out by other drivers? And then Derek Durkey's goes on to ask, how do you deal with traffic in general? Do you practice alternate lines in order to pass efficiently? If I'm getting lapped, do I just hold my line or or is it better to go wide? Would tracks benefit from 15-minute driver meetings to start the race day to review etiquette and marshalling? I think almost every track should pretty much have, have a, driver's a driver's meeting. meeting. I don't know where he's racing, but if they're not... <laughs> That's <then> craziness. <laughs> The thing is, there should be clear rules. There should be some clear fundamental, some fundamental rules should be covered. You know, just 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 understanding to move over for faster drivers. I can't tell you how many times in the past several years, I've had guys, even at big races, I'll say, dude, why wouldn't you move? Well, we were having a. I remember the fact that one time we were battling. I'm like, dude, if if Martin's qualifying, there's no such thing as a battle in qualifying. You know what I mean? We weren't even close on the clock. <laughs> so to think that we were battling on the track, like, dude, you're, you're, you're not getting it. But first of all, Randy Cathcart doesn't need any tips from me. That guy, that guy could give you, could teach a class on traffic management on an RC track. I've seen him make passes that nobody can make, but, but anyways, I think he's asking it for everybody else. Uh, first of all, in, in my, first of all, I don't, I can't say how to pass like a pro cause I'm not a pro. I'm a good club racer. I'm not, I'm not a pro, you know, I'm, I could, I could probably come, I would imagine that at most tracks around the country I could show up and probably I would be competitive with a lot of the guys unless they're factory drivers or super, super fast. But uh, in general, what, one of the things that I try to do when I'm out there, a lot of my victories or wins for, at club races or anything, they're not all, very rarely do I have the hot lap. I'm usually pretty close to a couple tenths, unless there's like a factory pro there. But... It's, it's just good race. There's people that qualify well, there's people that race well. And I think that a lot of it just comes down to making good race time decisions. When you hear someone calling out that there's a crash, using your peripheral vision, rolling out of the throttle, and driving around the pileup, not just pulling, pulling the trigger and hoping that you go by. <laughs> and, Police barricade. You know, which, uh, blow hey, through. we've all done it. You know, we've, we've all pulled the cold trickle move and we said it. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Days the thunder it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to happen, right? It's just, I, I think a lot of it I comes with skill, right, too? That, that's the other. No, I'm uh, just kind of adding to that. Like, 
again, we, we see it all. We see it from the beginner right to the guy that's been doing it for 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes mistakes. And I mean, I know all three of us, we get guilty of the whole, you know, you're, you're in the lead. You, you said it earlier, you know, and you're like, how am I in the lead? I'm racing guys that are 10 times better than me. And you're crapping your pants on the driver's stand. And then all of a sudden you're doing cartwheels because you're crapping your pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, the, and you know, it's just, it's. My buddy, Aaron, my buddy Aaron Alexander used to always tell me, you know, drive it from corner to corner. Drive it from corner to corner. You know, stop worrying about laps. Start worrying about corners. And I think that's really good advice. I think, you know, <clears throat> when I'm actually up there racing, I'm literally just thinking, I, I literally, if you could, like, put a microphone in my brain, I'm like, miss it, hit it. Like, miss my corner or hit my corner. Got it, got it, got it. Dang it, I missed it. Got it, got it, got it, missed it. And if I crash, I never... I never try to make up time. I don't believe that making up time is really, really possible. And if it is, you, we all have a level that we can drive at, you know? Like, let's just say I'm a level 7 driver. If I try driving at a level 8, the minute I start driving above my head at that level 8, there's like a timer that starts counting down before you put that car in the pipe or crash it. You just, you're running on borrowed time. <laughs> I can run at a 7. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. That's the story so whenever I life. crash, I don't ever try to make up time. I just say, okay, let's get back in the rhythm. Let's just start making our corners again. And uh, I would say the best advice I could give anybody that's a, a good club racer that wants to just be more consistent and win more is keep your cool, don't miss corners, and more important than anything, this is the whole traffic thing. Dra- go out and run your car in traffic in practice, but when you're racing, first of all, tr- it, most of the time we know these guys we're racing with, do not pass a guy if you can't get out far enough for him to not plow you in the next corner. I mean, how many yeah. times do you pass a guy and he puts a pile driver on you in the very next corner? You become you know his brakes, you mean? Yeah. Right. His yeah. bumper pad. And, and what we want to do, we want to say, oh, that, guy, that guy's a hack. He sucks at this and that. But you know what? Shame on you. You knew when you went by that he was going to hit you in the next corner. You should have picked a better spot to pass. You know what? We never thought about it no, that way. No, you, that is a good way uh, to think about it. Opening up our eyes every sentence he talks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jason. Tyler Mills wants to know, whatever happened to the Nitro 8-scale buggy you were building? I have it. I just, you know, I was supposed to go to the Dirt Nitro Challenge with uh, Ty and uh, the Hot Bodies crew. Yeah. And my wife ended up booking us a trip to Rome, so Ooh. I'll be in Rome. I'm not going to make the Dirt Nitro Challenge, but I will be out running some Nitro. I have Kyosho cars at the moment, but I think there's a really good chance I'll end up with Hot Bodies equipment here pretty soon. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, actually, kind of funny you'd mentioned that. We had, we had just finished having the podcast with Ty when I started talking to you about being on the podcast. You know, I was... I check Facebook every day, and I, you know, I had seen that you were camping and stuff like that with Ty. And then when he finally answered, he's like, "Oh, I was just, you're, I was just off ca- camping with Ty." And it's like, you know, it's kind of funny because he just finished telling me that on Facebook that he was going camping and all this stuff. It's like, you know, I just, I never thought I'd be involved like talking to people in the RC world the way I am. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of knowing what's going on, and that, you know, that Ty and Jason know each other and are kind of. You know, I watched the video there where where you ran his car and then you overlapped the videos and how it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pros versus Joe's video that was fun. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, you know, there were so many more outtakes of that thing. If you could have saw the first outtake of that, his car. He drives his car. He's a very smooth driver. Drives a lot of steering. I should have put the. I should have put some of the video up. But the very first time I drove that car, I backed it into the straight away. I backed it into the wall at almost full full wood. I drove it in, turned the car, and just spun around. <laughs> 
Gord's like, I guess we're not going to use that take. I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, no, I seen a couple of little outtakes there you you put at the very end of the video, and it was just it was just funny. Like, uh man, I tell you. Yeah, no, you know the, the internet. You know, I I look at stuff like what I've done on YouTube. You know, I don't know, I don't know if you had a chance. I hope you did. You know, I you guys are doing this for fun. Am I, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, if anything, I've always said it this way. The reality is, is this: I did it because the three of us sit around talk about RCs all the time, and it was like, you know, why don't we put this out on the internet? I know there's other ones out there. Why don't we give our view on a lot of RC stuff? And, and my opinion on it was, was if anything ever happens with it, great. If nothing ever happens, it I don't care. Whatever happens, happens. You know, I'm glad to hear that. I have people ask me all the time about doing YouTube channels, and I just tell them, look, man, everybody that asks me about a YouTube channel, I just say, look, do it. It is, it is fun. I said, but I hope you have thick skin because there's always going to be some haters. Yep. And it's, there's a learning curve. But what the Internet has allowed, the Internet has allowed guys like me and, and you over there, and, you know, doing your podcast. I don't know if you listened to my buddy Gotti Jr. runs the Radio Impound podcast. Gotti, you know, we had I've had fun been on that show. Yeah, my buddy uh, Zach doing RC chat. We we're having we're we're able to do things now. I mean, if you think about like when Brian Kinwald was the super stud RC racer in say the late '90s, early 2000s, nobody ever got to really see what Brian was really like. Right, and you didn't even get to see him drive his car unless you went out and bought like a VHS video. <laughs> but today, because of guys like you, the whole internet can hear what we have to say. They can hear our opinions, and you know we can learn from each other. Just like my stupid little passing story about trying not to pass guys that are gonna pile drive you. You know. Yeah, oh man. Every week we do this, we we we, get, we come it, away with we, something yeah, new, and then we're like at our next race, telling people, "Did you guys hear what?" Yeah. Yeah. Jason Snyder said, he said, don't pass the guy unless you know you're going to get enough space. You know, Did you hear what Ty Tessman said? Yeah, we're don't just run going... more. Pick one class and get good at it. Don't run six if you well, can't. <laughs> well, I mean, just think about this. You'd like to say you have two back-to-back 180s, okay? Well, what do you think? You want to pass the guy in the first one or you want to pass him in the second one? You want to pass him in the second one because you can pass him and get away, not pass him and drive in the other one. He just puts the hammer on you. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it just—it makes total sense, and it's just you know until it's one of those things when until somebody says it, it doesn't click in your mind, right? Yeah. And and back to what you were yeah. kind of saying, you know, with the internet and everything like that. That's exactly what I said on the last podcast. Was we're just bringing everybody together. We're giving everybody a way to connect. Yeah. You know, in, in a unique way, and I mean with Facebook and Instagram and all these different things. You can be anywhere yeah. in the world. I'm a well, I'm a computer guy, well, so I, I get it. Well, I just think that at the end of the day, you know, one of the guys I really respect from Australia, a buddy of mine from Australia, he's a huge internet marketer. For a long time, I was basically a super affiliate. And my buddy James used to always say, you know, it's the people that listen and watch that ultimately determine your fate. You know, there's guys out there, and, I, and I don't, I'm not going to be mean, but you've, we've all watched YouTube videos where it's like, man, this guy probably just doesn't cut out for this. And it's, it's not being mean, it's just, you know, maybe he doesn't have a great camera presence, or maybe he's just struggling with technology. could be any any number of reasons. But we've all seen YouTube videos where we're like, ah, that's a schmedium video. Not very good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, did he really just use the schmedium? <laughs> well, what about some of the YouTube videos that you're like, how in the world has this had six million views? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the one I want to like. I mean... Dude, you look at some of my first videos, I'll tell you right now, my wife laughs. Some of my first videos, 
we were in like this, we lived downtown Chicago. I used my iPhone for almost all my first videos to shoot my videos. <laughs> you know, I, some of them I didn't use the microphone. It's just, it's just funny, man. You just, you just never know, you know. You never know how things are going to turn out. Oh, you don't got to tell us. Me, me and Matt have what's called the Mike and Matt effect. Yeah. <laughs> and when we get together, you don't know how things oh, sometimes, are going to go. Yeah. Which which video did it, oh, yep. no, I'm trying to think I watched one of your video, videos Jason where it was uh, when my wife founds, finds out that I just tracked this through the house she's going <laughs> to kill me and I just I almost <laughs> fell off the bed laughing because it's like you know my wife knew some of the things that I did in the house sometimes that'd probably be in the same boat running nitros Oh yeah <laughs> You know I seriously I would love I would love I should go get like a one of those GoPros you like strap to your head or your chest or something like that and just, you know, it's all the shenanigans that go on at my house it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like I was, when I first got that serpent car, I was like setting the slipper. And, you know, our carpet's pretty high grip, so I was like <laughs> setting the slipper and doing wheelies in the carpet. My wife's like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I'm just making sure the slipper's ready before we go to sex tomorrow." It's, just, it's ridiculous. It, it really is. She she nicknamed. <laughs> she nicknamed my RC room the agency. Yeah, I know. Like that. That, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> he says the thing about the car. Remember yeah. the time we were working on the trucks and we started blasting donuts around your coffee table on the carpet upstairs? That's yeah. what that reminds yeah. me of. Yeah. I wonder how this is going to go. Or, you know, when we left a bunch of marks all over the uh, tile in my kitchen oh. because I thought I was being funny. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The story's Quick, going. get the cloth. We've got to clean this <laughs> off of our white season. Hey. I had a Traxxas Summit. My first electric vehicle I got was a 10-scale Traxxas Summit. And, of course, I was using it in the house because <laughs> it, it, it was still kind of winter outside. And, and on those Traxxas remotes, I don't know if you've seen them, Jason, where they have the switch from 50-50 to 70-30. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't occur to me to not flip that switch <laughs> while it was on. So I flip, <laughs> I flip the switch. The Summit takes off, breaks the leg <laughs> off of my kitchen table. And here I oh, it was, it's all bad. It was just, I broke a lot of stuff. And was that table new at that time? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was yeah. probably maybe six months old yeah, at that point. I remember that phone call. Dude, guess what I just did? Uh, I took the leg off the table with the uh, summit. Uh, clean off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, that's life, man. You know, it's, it is what it is. got to have fun, you know? Needless to say, anybody, I see with those remotes, it's like, don't touch that switch oh, while man. it's on. Just, it's all bad. <laughs> So we, we like to ask this question, and, and I'm sure, I, I think you kind of sort of did answer it, but if you got one piece of advice for anybody out there in the racing community, what is that piece of advice? You know, that's, that's a really good question, and, and not, not to be overly uh, serious about it, but, but very, very, very few people will ever make a true living doing this being an RC driver. And my wife always says that when I'm going out with my buddies, that she considers it like my poker night or my bowling league. You know, I don't, I don't play poker too much. I don't really, I don't bowl. But she's like, you know, that's your night with the guys. And I think it's really important to remember that, like right now, I just see something going on in the hobby where everybody needs to make the A main and everybody needs to be, and everybody wants these like sponsorships. And I think that, I, I, I really, truly, in my heart, feel like a lot of what makes this hobby so great is getting lost. And that is going out with your buddy, doing battle. Hopefully, it, it all works out cleanly and somebody wins. You know, my buddy Lee, I'll tell you right now, 
uh, he'll go to work at 5 a.m. and I'll wake up to like five text messages about how he beat me last week. He will take <laughs> pictures of these sheets and send them to me all week long. The same picture. Dude, who does that sound like? like <laughs> the two of us. He's like, dude, in case you, case you forgot, I got you. And so like, I'll take the picture and I'll crop it down and I'll show that my hot lap was faster. And then he'll send back like a Batman and Robin logo. Hot laps don't win races. Don't win races. You know, like, it's just ridiculous. Oh my god! So, you know, get out there. Just please have fun with your friends. Try to have fun with your friends. If you're out there racing RC cars because you want to get a paycheck, or because you feel like you need a sponsor to be the big man on campus, that that's that's not a good reason to do it. Do it because you want to go hang out with your buddies and just have a good time. That's why I'm doing it. That's my that's that. Yeah, I mean it's. It's fun. There are so very few kids. I mean, you know, there's a not to not to overly plug my buddies or anything like that, but there's a really good talk. I wish I could remember which one it was, but but on the the rip the rip cast or whatever. Yeah. Jason Rona, who I just I just Jason just invited me down to OTRC. We we did some club racing, and and I'll tell you right now, Jason Rona used to be a factory driver, and he's very fast, and uh, he might not be Mayfield fast, but he's still very fast. Right. And. uh I had a couple of good drives, and he stopped me in two-wheel. And then in four-wheel, in round one, I, like, out-qualified him by, like, I don't know, maybe eight or ten seconds. Then he came back and re-out-qualified me, and it was just – we just had a great time. But anyways, I digress. In, in one of the podcasts that they did, Jason Rona talks about how guys like Mayfield are kind of like Terminators. And I think that a lot of the smaller tracks that are out there, the fastest guy you have, more often than not, we'll go a lap or two down to a guy like Ryan Mayfield. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I just think that a lot of – usually, you know, every now and then I'll get messages from dads and stuff asking me, hey, are my kids – you know, how do I know if my kid could be a pro and stuff like that? And, you know, I don't want to be the dream crusher. That's that's not why <laughs> I do YouTube. You know, I do it because it's fun. But I think at the end of the day, <laughs> by the time your kid's 14 or 15 years old, if he is not just absolutely destroying your – people at your local club level or competing with the absolute fastest guys out there in your region. So there's a good chance he might not become a professional. You know what I mean? Very few people start very late in this hobby and take it to the super pro level, you know? Right. Well, I mean, that's any, anything that you do, whether it be hockey, soccer, baseball, you know, if you don't have it in your teens, chances are you're not going to have it in your twenties. Well, you know, but, (laughs) but, but here's the thing. You're not going to get out on. You're not going to start playing hockey at 20 and get out on the ice with Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> you're not going to. You're not going to start racing motocross at 20 and be able to qualify and race with James Stewart or Ryan Villapoto or Ken Roxon. Well, right? there goes that idea. Thanks, really... Dream Crusher. What's that? <laughs> I said, well, there goes <laughs> that <laughs> idea. Thanks, Dream Crusher. <laughs> Friggin' haters. Yeah. But no, I mean seriously. But if you look at RC. You could go literally spend a thousand bucks tomorrow, buy some really good equipment, and then you might be sorted right in with Ryan Mayfield or Ty Tessman or Ryan Cavalieri. And these guys, they're no different. You know, we we don't want to tease because they're driving these what well, you know what we deem toy cars. I always, whenever my buddies tease me about, whenever I meet people that don't know what I do, I say I race toy cars for bowling trophies. You know. <laughs> and, uh, because really that's about what it works out to. Yeah. <laughs> but when you take the, the hobbyist, you know, even one of my buddies, Travis Amesco, who drives, he's a Durango guy. We'd go to Hot Rod, and I'd have a really good run, and I would say, like, I remember one year, I think I went like a 17, 
I think he had a hot lap of like a 17-4, and I did a 17-3, and then he did like a 16-9 or something like that. The, 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 the gap, the gap from his 16-9 to my 17-4 or whatever it was, might not seem like a lot, three-tenths, four-tenths, half a second, whatever, but that is like literally decades of experience and God-given talent that you just can't be bought, you know what I mean? A lot of times it can't even be earned. A lot of times if you don't have it, you just don't have it. Well, and so... So I think a lot of people just don't realize that that, that the, the top guys in this sport are just like the top guys in anything else, you know. My my uh my wife's dad was teasing me about racing cars. Like you, we were watching the CRC race. I'm down here in Disney World, we're on vacation. We were watching some of the CRC race. And he's like, Oh, you're good. I bet you could hang with that guy. We were watching Ryan Cavalier go around <laughs> the track. And I looked at him, I go, Dad, I go, Do you think that I could compete with Usain Bolt in a sprinting competition? And he's like, he's first off laughing, of course. <laughs> And I'm like, well, well, yeah. I said, I'll be competing with Ryan Cavalieri about the same time you see me running down Usain Bolt, you know, in the Winter Olympics, the Summer Olympics. That's know? such a good one. Well, and it go, that goes in line exactly with what Ty Tessman said to us when we asked him the same question. He said his one piece of advice is, is pick one car. And get good at and it. And get good at it. Don't show up to the track with four cars in your bag and expect to drive all four cars like a pro. You know, and I mean, that definitely you know, ties into exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Well, Ty, you know, the other thing is, I can't tell you how many people, the pros give you like a baseline setup. A lot of times, that's a, a, a lot of times it's their finishing setup or it's a setup that they kind of chase the car. They, they've, uh, they've tuned the car to the day. And so far too many people use just basic pro setups and they don't really adjust the car for their driving style. Like, I'll tell you right now, I've driven pretty much all of Ty's cars. I've driven his two-wheel, his four-wheel, his APO. I, they, uh, at the Duel last year, they brought their e-buggy to let me run it. And, of course, I've driven his nitro buggy, and we did the, the one, both when I went up to his house and then when we did the Pros vs. Joe's video. Ty drives cars that have more steering than most. And when I say more steering, Ty, when Ty turns that wheel, that car is going to steer. That's just the way it is. Now, other people, like, I've driven... Travis Metzger's buggies, and why his cars steer, they don't steer as much. They're they're much closer to being able to be driven by me. And then I don't know if you guys know who Drew Moeller is, but Drew is now, he's a factory hot body driver, and Drew is super fast. Yeah. Super fast in 8th scale, very competitive in 10th scale. Drew's cars are by far the closest car that I could, if I had to pick any pro's car that I've driven so far, and take it out of the track and compete with it, it would be Drew Moeller's cars. Because he likes cars that I wouldn't say that they push, but they have quite a bit of rear grip. He does not run a ton of brake, and his setups just in general are very predictable and easy to drive. Right. But I think far not enough people learn setup, and when they do learn it, they read it in books. And I think there's a lot of really good theory that can be gained from like like I have this Triple X main touring car book that I that I've learned quite a bit from. But I think what sets apart a really good race program like the Testaments happen to have is that they they test everything blindly back to back. Ty's dad will go make a change, not tell Ty which change he made, and they'll go run laps, they'll look at lap times, and within three or four laps, they don't, they don't want you to run the car until you really are getting comfortable and kind of adjusting to the car. They want to know if the car is immediately better, right? Right, right. And so, and so you know, and, and, and the thing is, what's nice is that there's no shame. There's no shame in saying, hey, look, I, I, I put a couple Boston washers underneath my camper link, and I can't feel it. That's okay. Not everybody can. You know what I mean? Right. 
And I think so many racers, you know, we kind of laugh. You know, I was going to race one time, or actually, I shouldn't tell that story. <laughs> a racer wanted to change mates. It was basically inconsequential. And he's like, oh, it made a huge difference. And we're like, yeah. The, the placebo effect, changes. yeah. You know, like, yeah. It, I, wasn't, I wasn't the one making the change in the car. My buddy was. And the guy asked for a change. My buddy said he made the change. Didn't make any change at all. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, it's great. Like, well... Yeah, let's not mention names. That might not go over so well for you the next time you're around them. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, long story short, there's nothing wrong with pick I, I agree with Ty. Pick a platform, pick a pick a, a brand of buggy, take your B five M or your R B six or whatever it is you're gonna run. Run it, learn it, make changes, learn how to adapt to get the car to do what it is you want to do and and just move from there. Yeah, that's where I'm at with my B5M now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start yeah. making changes, and whether or not it's going to work, I guess we'll find out on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's hard for us is we really only get to touch a track twice a month. Yeah, there's no there's no permanent set up location where we can go and run. It, were you guys telling me to set it up in gyms or something like that? Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> set up our, our uh, like the Sioux RC Car Club, which we're we're part of. Uh, we set up in a, a large high school gym um, carpet off-road like with wooden jumps you know what i mean uh and then we go down to st ignis michigan uh to casey hobbies and he sets up uh, an, a little bit smaller a gym for his regular races and then at, at the end of the year when he does his big race he sets up in a high school sized gym with a bigger track and everything like that so it yeah we're kind of limited with where we are you know if we lived five hours further south in michigan there's a lot more uh, indoor facilities like dirt clay indoor indoor facilities that we could run on regularly but yeah you know for yeah. for us it's a little harder for us to make changes go try it out on a practice day and you know spend a few hours there changing a few things and trying we kind of have to change a few things and go okay let's see if this works and then either be willing to change it again at the track or just deal with the consequences for the rest of the race day well i'll i'll tell you before taking out for this gun smoke race I wanted his opinion on my uh, on my two wheel buggy on my RV six, and mm-hmm. we went to the track. I literally we all jump in the car, we drive to the track, and I literally have the radio and the car with a battery in it. That's it, one battery charged, and uh, it's me and Ty and his dad. Yeah, I took no tools, no nothing. So we get there and we put the car down, and, and right away, of course, Ty's faster with my car than I am, which is to be expected. And right. And his dad's like, well, well, did you try this? Did you try that? And I'm like, Ty's like, oh, Ty comes up the stand and it's pushing. Well, of course, compared to his cars, every car on the planet pushes. You know? <laughs> right, right. And so, and so, Gore's like, well, let's let's try this. And so we're like we're like borrowing tools from people that are there practicing with slashes and stuff. And and I I swear to you, this is no lie. He made like five changes. He's like, well, let's try the link here. Let's try the link there. Let's let's lower the ride height. Let's go out on the arm on the shock. And like literally, they made five changes. And, like, clearly made my car a little bit better, to be completely honest with you. Within, like, I would say inside of 15 minutes. Like, Ty would go up there, run three or four laps, and he'd pull it over. And, and, and Gord would yell up to him, what would you think? And he'd say, do this, do this, do this. You know, they'd be... So, I mean, there's no question that you can go out there at your home track. Even though you're only racing twice a month, you can get out there, make some changes, run the car for a few laps. And it's either immediately better or it isn't. If you have to wait for that, if you have to wait for your body to adapt, get used to the car... You haven't. Then the change hasn't been the right change. Okay. You know what I mean? Right, right. Hmm. Well, that's exactly the car what we do. Either better or it isn't. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we did. We did that a while ago. Me, you, and and another friend of ours. We all went down to Casey's, and at the time, you didn't have 
anything other than a 4 by 4 short course truck, which he wasn't running at his regular races. So you guys really just came down for the day to come with me. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. I run, I ran my two-wheel drive short course truck. Okay, you guys have changed something. We'll throw it back out there. Yeah, that made a well, difference. Well, I think because even being able to watch it, right? Because when you're yeah. standing on the driver's stand, you can't tell, you know, if the thing's bottoming out, you know, unless it's bad, you know what I mean, yeah. where you hear it slapping against the floor. Sure. You know, so when you have other people kind of watching what you're doing and being like, dude, you need to get a heavier spring on that thing because you got too much roll. Yeah. You know, sure. it just, just depends. I, uh, yeah. Oh, that's been so, awesome. You know, what, I, don't, uh, what, uh, another, I grew up in Michigan, man, so I've been to, I have not been to like RC Clubhouse or any of that kind of stuff, but I have been to like Dirt Burners and stuff like that. So there's, there's got some good tracks down there. Yeah, yeah. We, we haven't made it there that far yet. That's yeah, a, like, about five, five hours, hours from where us. we are yeah. and. With kid, you know, you know how it is, kids and family and money. Oh, and I hear that. The Canadian, the, the, ca- the, <laughs> the Canadian dollar right now, she ain't doing so good. Yeah, tanking. So <laughs> gas just, is cheap. Gas is cheap, but the dollar makes up for it yeah. almost. <laughs> um, I, another question we like to ask everybody too that comes on is, you know, in your spare time when there is time, what what do you like to do? What's your you know other hobbies other than racing? Racing, like, you know, our, anything but RC. Yeah. You know, I'm a pretty, uh, I like to lift weights. Nice. I, uh, it's kind of getting tough, you know, now, like I'm getting a little bit older and I was involved in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and some other stuff a while back. So I've got, like, some, I used to race BMX when I was a kid and I really shouldn't have, you know, what happened is I kind of lost touch with my dad and, and my mom pretty much let me do what I wanted when I became a teenager and I started doing, playing all these sports I really shouldn't have been playing. And so I've got a lot of just, just overall joint damage. Like my shoulders and elbows get really sore and, so I, I, I really love to exercise and lift weights, and I, and I think it's I think it's really important, you know. I think it's important to try and stay healthy and, ex- and fit and, and stuff like that. So I'd say my main, my two main hobbies outside of RC are I like to read. I read a tremendous, I read a lot, and I like to lift weights. So those are my two. And I do go golf with my buddies, you know, here and there when, when the weather's nice. So. I, I, I like golfing. I'm trying to get Mike to go, but he just, he's... He's like, I don't get it. He's like, you're going to hit a little ball. You're going to get pissed off at that little ball. You're not going to be able to find that little ball. He's like, and then you're going to hit the damn thing again and lose it again. He's like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't process in my mind. All of that is true, but I will say this. There is just like when you put, like, the absolute straight ninja pass on your buddy. Like, I passed it. There, it didn't even look like there was, there was no room between his car and the, and the boards, and you made the pass anyway. When you hit that, like, this uh, that amazing golf shot where the club just comes to the ball so cleanly and the ball just drops, you know, 10 inches from the pin. There's, you know, you can't buy that. You, it's you have an amazing the, dude, experience. Dude, you have no bad idea how bad at golf I really yeah. am then. Because <laughs> that situation is never going to happen. No, I have those moments. <laughs> I have those moments with my stepfather because that's who I, I go golfing with mostly. And, and, like, he golfs a lot more than I do. But there's always that time, at that one hole where I outdrive him by like 50 or 60 yards, and he just looks at me and goes, that's not possible. I'm like, well, it is, because my ball's over there, yours is there, and yes, I wrote my name on my ball so we weren't playing the game of I just dropped it over there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make no mistake about it. I'm not an awesome golfer by any means, but, you know, it's, it's that one immaculate shot that, you know, just like that one, you know, we on every layout, you have your hero lap. You know, you had that lap. <laughs> That you did, that you just can't match it. You're like, Dang, you know, it's, just, it's like the miss. It's like a unicorn. This isn't gonna happen again. You know, you're never gonna see it again. <laughs> uh, uh, unicorns. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, Jason, you know, we've kept you on, on for quite a while, taking up some of your time. And like you said, you're on family vacation. Um, and, well, you're in the same time zone we are, so you know it is 10 to 11 uh, Eastern Standard Time yep. right now. So uh, I want to thank you, of course, for taking some time uh, out of your schedule because, of course, you're on vacation right now. You didn't have to take time to, to do something like this. So we appreciate well, it very much. Well, you know, to be honest, Matt, when you scheduled this for me, I didn't realize. I knew my wife's sister was running this marathon, but I just didn't. I kind of got the dates mixed up. So I'm happy to do it, man. I honestly, I think, I think what uh, what you guys are doing is awesome, and I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm stoked for you guys. I, ho- I hope you guys keep doing this podcast, keep having fun, and stay in touch with you know, us, man, for keep, sure. Yeah, for sure, man. If you guys want to do this again, just get in touch with me one of these days, and we'll. Uh, We'll get a new list of questions, and we'll make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. no, absolutely. We we definitely have some some questions still rocking around. I'm sure we're going to hang up with you and go, oh, we should have asked him that. But uh, Hey, I want to answer. Do you mind if I answer one question I just saw on Facebook before we yeah, get off? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, somebody asked me, do I have any sponsors? The answer is I have had people offer to give me sponsorships, but I do not have any sponsors or any affiliations whatsoever. Anything that... Uh, Anything that you see me wearing or, or, or using is purely because I want to. So right. that's, I just want to answer that. Nobody, no sponsorships. Cool. Well, anytime, if you want on uh, with us, let us know too. You know, if we don't approach you, you approach us. Yeah. You know, we'll make it happen. All right. If you can uh, All right, pass the word on too, you know, uh, you already did there. You posted that uh, we were you were on tonight. And yeah, yeah. Share us. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I got a, right. I got a bit of cutting out of editing to do tomorrow and everything like that. And, but, uh, yeah, again, Jason, thank you very much. And, uh, of course, yeah, I'm going to do the typical thing where I ask, uh, can you do the whole, uh, I'm Jason Snyder and you're listening to the NBM podcast deal for me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm Jason Snyder and you're listening to the NBM podcast. Look at that. Awesome. Thanks, man. And, uh, yeah, take care. Have yourself a great vacation. Uh, travel safe, of course. And, uh, I look forward to seeing some more videos. Sounds good, man. Talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was awesome. We'll be uh, back right after this break. Okay. We are back from our break. Uh, tried to make it a short one because you what know a conversation. Wow, that was y- you know what? Super cool. I, I love cool. I love doing interviews. I really do. And you know, I know we don't end up saying a lot a lot of times, but I don't want to interrupt them. I really want to give them the opportunity to say what they got to say. And, and obviously, Jason has a whole ton of information yeah. inside of his head. And it, it we need to like matrix style. I, did, I, tap I did into just that sat brain. here and I listened. I don't, I don't even look over here. But I'm smiling like I just want a medal. <laughs> oh, I know. You know. I know. Like it's just it, it it's it's a real feeling getting the chance to talk to guys like Jason. Jason, he, you know what it is? He's a guy like us. Yeah, that has the ins with the with the pros. Right. I, I guess that's the best right. way to say it. Yeah. You know, and he's talking about all those different things. You know, and it's just like man, you're in my in my head. I'm going ding ding yeah. ding. Yeah. Thing, you know, and they, you know, one of the big things that we were just talking about off the air was like the FMAR qualifying. Yeah, and he's right. A lot of people don't understand how it works. Yeah. What FMAR qualifying? Yeah. So is. let's explain that too. So, so FMAR qualifying, and if I'm understanding it correct, and correct me if I'm wrong here, at guys. Our, at our track, we're talking <coughs> about now. Well, at any track, well, FMAR any qualifying well, is FMAR qualifying, no matter where it is. Okay. But FMAR qualifying is this: when you pass the line for the first time, your five minutes starts. Boop. You have five minutes. 
to get as many laps in as you possibly can. There's no fur. Now I know timing system, like timing programs, a lot of put a first, like you know, the, you know, the fastest guy, it's the your second qualifying fastest. Is but what that's, it is. that's qualifying position, so, right? So and and it doesn't matter if you, if you finish where you finish in that list. What you need to worry about when you're out there is your laps. Don't worry about so and so passing you 16 times. Don't worry about trying to battle with. You know, like say yep. me and Mike are running in the same qualifier. I'm not worried about racing Mike in that qualifier. When I come up to Mike or Mike comes up to me, all I'm worried about is how I'm going to get around him as fast as possible without A, making a mistake for myself, or B, making a mistake that takes him out as well. Yeah. The, th- the problem is that when you say Dick Trickle's up in front, <laughs> okay, running first, his time is this, and then yeah. Buddy's right behind me the whole time, oh, I must be in second. Well, no, because I had that gap between the line when we first started. Well, well because if, if, if you look at the sheets, you'll see people that have times. So let's say it's a five-minute qualifier. Mm-hmm. It'll say five minutes, 38 seconds. It doesn't mean that they ran for five minutes and 38 seconds. No, they did. What well, happened, th- though, is they had, when they crossed the line, they were still within their five-minute thing. No, and yet then they started 38 <coughs> seconds later than when the sound of the tone went off. That's what that is. So you, the, yeah. the, the race director says, okay, we're going to start. Beep. If you're all the way at the other end of the track, depending on how big of the track is, you could be 18, 20 seconds crossing that start yeah, and line. and it does a timer kind of deal. And then the system knows because it picks up your transponder, and then you get five minutes. That's why when people are out there and you're calling, okay, Joe, you're done. Frank, you're done. And then all of a sudden there's like an 18-second gap between, hey, Matt, you're done. Yeah. It's because Matt started. 18 seconds right later than everybody else absolutely you know so it is it's very misleading i guess to call a first second third fourth through the qualifiers because you're really not first second third or fourth right well and that and, and yeah maybe maybe that's a conversation we have to have as, as a group um you know what i mean it's just kind of well, saying it's just an understanding for anybody out there right yeah because to, to be honest with you i never really understood it until until involvement that, became yeah. i have you a know, rule that i always stick with how fast can I get around this track? Yeah. Well, and I think that's Try where... to stay within it. Again, the kind of deal. you're racing your own race. Yeah. You know, you're not... I'm racing my own race. The only time you're not racing your own race is in a main. And now that we talked to Jason Snyder, corner to corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see Jim up there. Oh, corner yeah. to corner. Corner to corner. Okay, check that one off. Check this one off. <laughs> so, obviously, with timing and everything that we've had this evening, um, we're going to forego all of the little new products that I like talking about and everything like that. However, there is something on the floor right by my foot here, Mike. Oh, well, first, we've oh. got to talk about this guy. Oh, yeah, we're going <laughs> to talk about that, too. If you want to maybe okay. grab that, Mike, and just put it in front of you for right now. Yeah, okay, sure. They've got something for me. It's a b- in a box. Yeah, I'm scared. But, okay, let's get into that thing. Okay. That, that piece of paper. We have Talk about our friend Joel Wiggins. Joel Wiggins is now sponsored by Panther Tires. Way to go, Joel. Yeah, Ooh. congratulations, Joel. That's awesome. Panther Tires. I know. That's you huge. know what? You know, huge and, and you tell me that he was sponsored, uh, that I didn't know, because like, he didn't mention it to me that he was sponsored, but he was over talking to me about my tires for my two-wheel drive buggy because I was having gobs of of he's, he's looking to sell issues. his tires, and that's exactly what it was. Is he was he was basically like, well, I'm running the Panther blah blah blahs on mine now, and you know th- they've been working great for me. And I'm like looking at him like, I got to look into these darn Panther tires if they're what's working. You know, as much as I love my AKA tires, 
Hey, man, so Joel, I'm not afraid to go with what's working. Joel has to run Panther tires, so I'm, I assume he's got every other kind of tire under the sun from foams to... I know Jason Condrat was over looking at... Uh, so uh, next some, race, if you want to hit Joel up, he might have something for you. Yeah, Maybe. I'm going to have a little chat with him. Apparently, he was waiting to find out if he would be able to run foams because Panther doesn't make foams. Oh, so he's so he's kind of on the fence of what he can do with that. So it'd be interesting to know yeah. what they say. No, if not, there you go, Jim. You can buy a set of uh, foam Foams, tires yeah, for no. Casey's. He, he already Joel already came and asked me, and I I kind of stuck my nose up in there and said, Nah, I'm just gonna stick with the rubber. <laughs> stick with so the rubber. I, I bet yeah. you the answer was no. Yeah, <laughs> they won't let him run them. <laughs> maybe, uh, poor maybe. Guy. I okay, I just want to stick with what I know. You know. So, go ahead and uh, trying to get my I'm, stuff. I got. So, so what's the occasion? What's, 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 what's the I've occasion? Got Jim's it's just a surprise for you, that's a, all. It's a put-together B44.3. With a bulge on it. With well, when it's put together, that's why the box is all bulged yeah. up. Go ahead and open it up there, big guy. Is there a big thing of snakes going to come out? And no, <laughs> I wouldn't do something like that. It's uh, snakes in a box. It looks like There's a shirt in there for you. T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, wee. <laughs> you... <laughs> I want to square it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny. All this time. Yeah. So, so I called Jim earlier uh, to remind oh, him about the podcast. Baby is here. And then he go he he goes. I said, I'm like, I got a surprise for you. He's like, Oh, oh my god. I, is it? Is it? I'm like, from across the river. I'm like, No, it's not from across the river. It. it, it I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, Oh well, it chipped. I'm like, Oh really? Of course, I knew what it was. Let, let Let's let Jim tell people yeah. what it is. Tell everybody, Jim. Okay. I'm really into rock crawling. RC rock crawling. What I have in front of me as I spin around my hand is a replica. Oh my god! It's, it, it is beautiful. Are you gonna put the link? We'll yes. take we'll take pictures and get them on. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get we'll share it all and everything like that. As of uh, Matt uh, Messer's um, We Rock rock crawler, and I have it to scale in my hand. That's the thing. And look, look, all the angles. The guy that built this is Turner on RC Crawler. Do you know what I'm sorry, I'm stopping and talking, but <coughs> it's just beautiful. Who, who the, the gentleman, uh, gentleman's name is Tim Graham. Tim Graham, yes. Uh, from Emery, Utah. Emery Works Fabrication on Facebook. And I mean, the, the products he's pumping out is just. Oh, they're unreal. If if you want like one of them hillbilly crawlers that just go up the hill, it looks like he's taken the real thing and shrunk it down, which it blows my mind. Hey, Ultra fours. He's like I've been looking at his stuff. He does he does some impressive work. So if you're if you're interested in getting one of those scale tube chassis rigs that you know you see a bunch of people having, uh, look him up. Emery Works Fabrication on Facebook. I'm not um, gonna be able to go to sleep tonight. What's his What's his deal on uh, the What's it RC crawler? RC crawler. His name's Turner. But if you go into the classic or to the chassis section, he's right up there. Right, yeah. right, right up. In the so top. you guys can check him out there. My lord. I know Jim's been waiting for this thing for a while. So when I got the email today and I seen it, I'm like, oh, this is gonna work out perfect. So. So when'd you go across and get it? After work. Wow, Matt. I was gonna. I was contemplating coming to see you at work, and tell you, oh boy, do I got a surprise for you tonight? But then I'm like, mm, I'm not gonna spoil the surprise. I want to hear your reaction on the on the podcast. I should have had the camera rolling on my phone. Yeah, because the look on his face was. I uh, was sent, <laughs> but basically, I sent him my axles, uh, some tires, different shock setups, just so he could make it to scale. And I tell you, wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> just looking at Jim right now. His, <laughs> like, his face, like his face, <laughs> he looks like that like twelve oh, year old kid that got his Xbox One for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, he's he's in his own little world now. Yeah. Look! 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 I'm glad we saved it to the end. Could you imagine if we would have done that at the beginning of the podcast? Yeah, I would have been quiet. <laughs> Jim's like, <laughs> like, I might as well go now. I'm, I'm gonna go home, guys. <laughs> Bye. Home well then, I, I knew it was in the box, and I was like, "Oh shoot, it's sitting beside." I, him. I did that on purpose though, because he wouldn't have—he would probably would have just left it sitting no, there the he, entire time. No, he's got fidgety hands, and he would have opened up the lid. I'm telling you, I know Jim. You figure? Yeah, that's yes. Why you moved it, eh? yeah. That's why I moved yeah. it. I was like, if we leave that there, Jim is gonna pop that box open. You're thinking? Can I keep the box so I can? Uh well, bring, bring I have home? another box that okay. he shipped it in. Okay. That's I just I put it in that because I wanted to kind of I didn't want you to oh, think Oh, this is the shirt too. Yeah, that's the shirt. Oh, it's yours. Man. Yeah. This is a little greasy just so you know. Yeah, I just yeah. You want it back in the bag? Yeah, the, uh, the guy that Emery works. Yeah, look at the back. On the back too. Nice. Send me a shirt. Yeah. 2XL. <laughs> Extra huge. Yeah. So Tim, if you happen to listen to this, I, I think he's happy with it. Oh, very happy. <laughs> we'll send Tim a link. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, I, I mean, it, it, it cost a pretty penny, but yeah, yeah. It, it is nice quality work. I looked at it; it's it's pretty nice. And to scale, yeah. bang on, bang on. Well, awesome. And he made the links also. And there's a few. Well, with Very that with that being said, you guys got anything else? We're doing this again next Monday, so yeah, we'll we'll save some stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I, I believe. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name again because I can't remember how to say it. Uh, next month, or not next month, next week, we're going to be having on um, Mark Pavidus yes. from AK. Pavidus, I thought it was. Is Pavid it Pavidus or Pavidus? thought it was Pavidus. You know what? Let's ask him. Yeah. <laughs> Mark P. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Mark <laughs> P. from AK. I'm kind of excited about that one. As you guys know, I'm a pretty big AK fan as far as my tires and stuff like that go. Yeah. Um, they they always have new stuff coming up too. Yeah, so I, I can't of, wait for that conversation. With that being said, we want to thank you for checking us out. Of course, um, make sure you you check out Casey Hobbies as well. Big uh, race this weekend. At he's Casey's. got a race coming up this Saturday. Um, so you know we're going to be at the Big Boy for eight a.m. Doors open at nine. So if you want to meet us there, that's where we're going to be. Yeah. And um, our next you know, race is what February first uh, or second? I believe it's the first it's Sunday. Whatever the first it's Sunday 20, is. Twenty first. Yeah, no, it's the first. Our first. next race. First of okay, February. First of February. Yeah. So and then uh, Casey's will end up being on the twenty first. But uh, you know, if you need anything, parts, stuff like that, and you're close to Casey, of course, give him a call. Give him your business. You always want to try and support the local hobby shop. If you're not close to the local hobby shop, then there's nothing you can do. But when you're close to the local hobby shop, hit up Casey. I'm sure he'll make you a good deal. Tell him that you heard it on the MBM Podcast. And tell him MBM Podcast 01. He'll give you some kind of special deal. He didn't mention to me what the deal would be, but he'll do something. I think it was a million bucks. Maybe. Maybe. And it's going to change. So just so you know, if you're listening to the end of the podcast, you're like, oh, I'm going to be able to use this one all the time with Casey. No, 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 no. It's not the game we're going to play. We're going to change it every time. Make you guys work for it. Anyway, you guys have been listening to the MPM Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for the support. Please like us on Facebook. As we get more likes, we're giving away more stuff. Our 200 like is getting a signed shirt from Ryan Lutz. We're going to be having him on in the near future as well. So I'm looking forward to all this stuff. John Barrett won our contest for referral prize. I've got a pr set of tires, uh, short course tires to send out to him. I just haven't been across to actually send them over 
like have well, them he with may be me. At Casey's, no. Well, and that's the other thing. So that's why I kind of held off on sending them this time. And plus, I wasn't going to stop at home, then run across the river. So got to get a hold of him. John Barrett, congratulations, of course, our first prize winner, Trevor Price. Congratulations to you. I think we mentioned you before. And uh, that'll be it for us today on the NBM podcast. And we'll be back next week with another one. See you later. <laughs>